Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cocktail Conceit. Uh, this is a podcast where two best friends who live in different states talk to each other about a piece of media that one of us uh, has experienced in our lives and really enjoys, and the other one uh, has not been exposed to uh, much or at all. Uh, my name is Adam Haskins, and I am a craft cocktail bartender here in Columbus, Ohio. My name is Logan Redden. I'm a craft cocktail bartender and uh, events coordinator here in Evansville, Indiana. And it's called The Cocktail Conceit because after we get done talking about whatever we're talking about, then we have to make a cocktail based on it. Mm -hmm. That's the conceit. And in uh, true fashion, uh, I haven't thought about this one at all. Um, <laughs> so, you know, actually, no, that's not entirely true. I was workshopping some names because I feel like from now on, I'm just going to like think about names that I want the cocktail. I want, I want to figure out what I want the cocktail to be called, and then I'll figure out what's in it. Because... So, hey, hey, Logan, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Adam. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. 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 Well, mm-hmm. Wow. a mouthful of booze. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have taken a drink immediately before you asked me that. <laughs> right, yeah, right, right in the middle of conversation. Yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of, what, what are you drinking, Adam? I am drinking a, uh, a daiquiri made with lemon juice and plantation three star as well as a little bit of overproof rum very nice uh, not one-to-one -one, but like like ounce and a half plantation three star half ounce overproof rum nice but i'm drinking it out of a mason jar because <laughs> i pre-batched it and then rode my bike over to this recording location nice so i have t i have two here actually oh look at you do you have them like uh, chilled a bit or? extra water do you have them like chilled or are you just drinking them warm? Uh, so I did dilute it and I diluted mm -hmm. it by putting one ice cube in it mm -hmm. and just letting it dilute on my bike right over here, but it wasn't enough. So I added some more water just now. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I would have just, when I pre-batch, I usually just uh, go through making the entire cocktail and then uh, just put it in whatever container I'm going to drink it in. I do that with um, Manhattan sometimes. I'll just put it in my flask just to have, you know, a little bit of Manhattan on Oh, there. yeah. Hmm. Actually, like my favorite thing to sneak into uh, movies is pre-batched Boulevardier. Mm, nice. Oh, speaking of what I'm drinking, is a Boulevardier. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's the uh, the orange flower Boulevardier that I I think I I might have done it on uh, one of our previous records. I don't remember, but it's basically it sounds, just, you know, I, you've talked to me about it a lot. Yeah. But I like the fact that you have even like the full garnish and everything. Oh yeah. Uh, it is it is months into the plague times, and I have not held fresh citrus in my hand for like a month. I went to the grocery store. They actually had um, like organic lemons for like a dollar each, and they're they're big honking lemons, dude. They're like as That's big awesome. as my fist. Oh yeah, I bet there's like a huge surplus of citrus actually out there now because mm -hmm. restaurants and shit haven't been buying it up. Yeah, it was honestly huh. a pretty reasonably priced. It was it's cheap. Yeah. So well, I I've only been shopping at the um, the. Uh, community asian market because it's the only grocery store in town that seems to be like really seriously making sure everyone in the store wears a mask and like all the employees are wearing masks and they have like sneeze guards up they had nice. all that shit like in place like the third week of march which makes me feel like well they already had the masks on hand because yeah. it's an asian market and i feel like they already had the sneeze guards like just like up in like in, like in the back yeah, yeah probably so. and then they were just immediately they just immediately put in put like a a poker table out front and with a box of masks on it and they were just like hey uh if you don't have a mask take one of these and then tell the clerk when you're checking out and we'll charge you a dollar and that seems totally reasonable i don't know why everyone oh, that's yeah. that's a stupid good they've, idea they've also been like checking everyone's temperature off and on 
Oh, like employees? Yeah, yeah. Like they'll, they'll come up to you and be like, hey, before you shop, we have to check your temperature. And then they'll shoot you in the head with a laser. And then they'll go, oh, okay. <laughs> That's fucking great. Uh, it's pretty yeah. cool. But yeah, their, um, their fruit section has been uh, pretty meager. I'm probably going to go to a Western grocery store sometime this week or next. Because, yeah, I'm running out of all those Western staples like peanut butter and lemons. That's super fair. No, I, uh, I've i only been to, uh, like, Schnooks, which is like a local grocery chain. Um, well, Adam knows what that is, and that's more for other people. Yeah, I love um, Schnooks. It was my favorite grocery store in Evansville. It's pretty cool. I actually worked for Schnooks for a very brief time. Um, I didn't care for it very much, but also I was a cashier. Oh. Being a cashier sucks. One of my, uh, one of my bartender friends is actually... Um, she is working overnights, like third shifts, doing restocking and stuff there right now at one of the locations. She says she enjoys it a lot, but uh, apparently all of her coworkers are neckbeards, so that's unfortunate. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, like, it, she, she was like, yeah, it's like a perfect fit for me because like, I probably would have been awake anyway. And then it was an easy <laughs> transition because, you know, you're, you're already staying up late, you know, closing the bar and stuff on the weekends. So it's kind of hard to get that out of your sleep schedule. Um, yeah, I've pretty much yeah. been staying. Me and, me and my partner have been pretty much sticking to that, where we're going to bed at like between two and four, and waking up between like twelve and two. Yeah, I uh, hung out with some friends last night. It's probably like the first I've gone. I've gone to like D and D a couple times, um, mm-hmm. but it's like four people, not that big. And then last night was uh, my old coworker Tamara's birthday, and she was in town visiting family. So, oh yeah, Tamara was in town. Yeah, we got all the Fidel's crew together and we were hanging out over at Devon's. So it was really cool. It was a fun time. Drank way too much. Way too much. Not enough yeah. to be like really hungover today, but like I was groggy. Like I slept until like one. So, you know. Like a like a week ago, me and Kat finally broke our like people fast and we went over to uh, one of her coworkers slash friends' house mm-hmm. for um, a birthday like party that was just going to be like we just had a fire in her backyard yeah. and there was like, like eight people that she invited over and they were all like industry folks. So we've all just been talking to each other and know that no one's been sick or anything. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Kat just like got to hang out with like her two best friends in town and they got, they didn't get hammered. They got fucking shit faced. <laughs> she was hung over for two days. Oh God. She was, she, yeah. Like, the uh, next morning, she was throwing up. I've oh never my. been so hungover that I slept and then threw up. Yeah, and usually, that's what she did. Usually, mine don't last more than a day. Um, yeah, it's been a while. But I also, I don't. I, I can think of like maybe one time I ever drank so much that I blacked out. Um, and I know several people who've done that several, several times. And I'm like, I don't. That that's like terrifying. Yeah, that seems like yeah. you need to not drink so much. Like I have. Yeah, I have like <laughs> only yourself. ever blacked out once, and it was I didn't even black out that much. It was just, and it was for um, oh, you were there. Oh, yeah, was it your birthday? Yeah, it was my twenty fourth birthday. Yeah, you took your pants off. It was really weird. Yeah, you asked us to call nine one one. It was a lot. It was yeah, a lot. I remember. I remember most of it, but I I do not remember the pants coming off. Yeah, and I don't. Oh, we didn't. Yeah. We didn't even realize you had done it because you had a blanket covering you, and then at some point, yeah. I guess you were just like fuck pants. Um, and yeah, it was, it was an experience. It was an experience. It was a fun night though. We we had a good time. Speaking of experience, this, uh, the thing we're talking about today was, is sort of more of an experience than a piece of media. Yeah, I I would agree with that on like some scale. I mean, 
So, uh, I mean, do you just, you, you just want to go into it? Like, what, what, what were you Yeah, yeah. so we're talking about a, a Magic the Gathering set, specifically Lorwyn. The Lorwyn block, the Magic the Gathering block Lorwyn, mm-hmm. which came out in uh, October of 2007. Wow, see, I, for some reason in my head, I always thought it was like in the 90s. But mm. I guess Magic started in the 90s, so it doesn't make any sense. No, yeah. yeah. I don't also, know. this is the uh, the first set that I actually played in. Oh, like I, nice. the set before this was called Time Spiral Block, mm-hmm. and uh, I played a little bit in that. Like that's where my like my very first deck was made out of Time Spiral. It was a precon from Time Spiral, uh, but Lorwyn was like Lorwyn Block was really where I actually started like playing myself and wasn't just like, and I went to tournaments and things. Nice. And that was in high school. Yeah, I. I uh... Obviously, so this is what Adam picked, so I, I don't really know Lorwyn that much. I did pick it up through Osmosis because I did play Magic the Gathering for a while. Played a little bit of um a little bit of Modern, which is like a I am not I'm not gonna explain it. If you're really interested, you can figure out what modern is. But it, it's like a it's yeah. like a format, basically. So like you have your standard formats, which is your newest stuff, and modern is like medium to like new to like medium old stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like standard is always like the like the last two years, mm-hmm. and then modern is like the last fifteen years. Yeah, something like that. Of I don't, cards. I don't think I don't think there's an early cutoff. Like there, there's not stuff like rotating out of modern, as far as I know. They have like a no, yeah. there's a set time they picked, and it's everything after that. Mm-hmm. So like eventually they might have like a a new modern, which would be weird. But you know, it really depends how much longer they go on because I think. What uh, Wizards of the Coast has gone bankrupt like, like three or four times or something. Oh really? Yeah, they they keep getting bought out by Hasbro. So basically, oh, yeah, 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 I remember them getting bought out by Hasbro. Yeah, it's happened more than once where they like um, Hasbro buys them out, and then Wizards of the Coast makes enough money to buy themselves back, basically. Yeah. And then goes bankrupt again, and Hasbro buys them again. How? How can they possibly do that? They make the most popular card game in the world. Yeah, but they're also dumb. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. They do they do have four cards in standard right now, which are banned. Yeah, we okay, so, so yeah, we were uh, we were playing Lorwyn and we were just kinda like, oh well, I'm just gonna look up like what what's some banned cards in because we were just talking about some stuff. Oh uh, yeah, like what's what's going on in the current yeah, scene? Because me and Logan haven't really actually like seriously played magic no. since uh, since i moved away yeah i i played so, like i got into it pretty hard after you moved away um for a minute but then i got too into it i was spending way too much money it was a problem and i'm just like you know what this just isn't good this is not healthy for me so i'm just gonna no. not um because i it's like i was playing standard at the time and it was during the um the cons block which i actually really enjoyed a lot cons is probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite blocks that i played um but uh I was playing pretty heavily in standard then, and then I started getting into uh, modern because in cons they had released uh, re-released fetch lands, which are a very expensive card mana base basically that's used heavily in modern, and it's probably if you have the if you have your fetch lands then you have like a third of your deck cost already. So. Depending on what you're playing, obviously, but um, this, yeah, this is all this. like jargon to me because I never played modern. Yeah, okay. So fetch lands are the the ones you tap and sacrifice. Oh, to go get you a tap land and sac them. Yeah, yeah. So in modern, you play um, usually you play like a at least a full set of those, if not two sets, depending on what color you're in, 
and then you play the uh, the Shocklands from um, Ravnica. The not not the newest Ravnica. Yeah. The second time they did Ravnica, I can't believe they did Ravnica a third time. That's so weird to me. Um, but anyway, um, it is their most popular like setting. Yeah. So like anyway, that's if, um, if there was a Pikachu for Magic, it's Ravnica. It's Ravnica for sure. I mean, it's a it's a really. I mean, there's a fucking Ravnica D and D module. Mm. That's a thing. I did see that. Well, the Wizards of the Coast also owns Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. so like, yeah, that seems super fucking cool. Like, it is a very cool setting. I would, I would be totally down to play. Uh, I would be too. play that. Yeah, but they they have like different classes and stuff for it too. It's it's pretty. Well, I don't. They don't have different classes. They have different subclasses. I think, which is really interesting. Um, but like, you can play like Minotaurs and shit because Ravnica's got all kinds of different races and stuff. So that's really cool. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, but uh, I forget what I was saying. Oh, we were we yeah we got on a tangent. We uh, were talking about how in modern or in, in the standard rotation right now, mm-hmm. uh, they have four cards that are banned, which oh, is yeah, very yeah. hard to deal. It's not standard very is I think because yeah, um, they didn't even do that. So cons had uh, dig through time and um, treasure cruise, which were banned immediately and almost immediately in modern. I think they had like a few tournaments where they were used. Um, but they didn't even ban them in standard, like yeah, because they weren't really busted in standard. They were fine. Like they were. Yeah, really, yeah. You have really a you have like standard. You have like such a smaller pool of cards to draw from. Like you have like at any given time in standard, there's like less than a thousand cards that you can you can build decks out of. Mm-hmm. So it's really it's a lot harder to just like bust stuff entirely. Yeah, it's but also modern, easier to have... play test. And they just I don't, I just don't think they play test for modern at all. When they I don't think so either. They just don't Cause, care because you you just really fucking can't. Yeah, it's pretty much impossible. Like it's I mean, it's like tens of thousands of cards, or like a ten thousand cards at least at this point, right? Yeah, the, probably. Oh, at least for sure, at least. Yeah, um, every set is like one hundred, if not two hundred cards. So yeah, but they're they're pretty. Uh, they're not lax at all in how they ban in modern. So it's like, oh, does this seem too strong? Yeah, we'll ban that. That's fine. Um, they just they do it all the time. It's like. I mean, it's really the only way they can um, keep it from being busted or certain decks from being too, too good. Um, because they had an issue with it with when cons came out and Treasure Cruise and Dick, for, Dick Through Time were um, way too good in modern because you just had stuff that just, you could just chuck stuff in your graveyard real easy. Um, and every deck ran fetches. So it's like, you know, you could, you could play Dick Through Time, which is like a, it's like a nine drop or like a eight drop or something with double blue. But in modern, you can play it like on turn two, like yeah. easy. Like that's not even hard with certain decks. So it's like, yeah, it, it was a problem. And I think I want to say um, the set or the block after that, the uh, the Eldrazi set when they brought back. Yeah, Eldrazi, Zendikar. I want to say they had to ban something for that, but I don't remember for sure. As I remember hearing about um, it was like aggro Eldrazi or something. There was an Eldrazi deck that got really, really good in Modern that wasn't... Okay. Uh, it was like a... It might have been a form of Tron, but I don't really remember. It's been a while. But okay, basically, so they released on, some colorless yeah. cards in that set that were really, really good. Um, yeah. and They're busted. Yeah, because it, it... Like, traditionally, in the first set that had Eldrazi, it was like... You had Eldrazi, but they were all really expensive. And you had ways that yeah. you could get them out um, and make them cheaper. But uh, it wasn't very good. And they've been used here and there in modern, but never been like busted, busted. And then in the newest set, they had a newer Eldrazi. They were cheap, 
and they could make your other Eldrazi easier to get out. And there was a couple that were like in that sweet spot of where they were like really efficient for the cost and also really strong. You can get them out really early. And it was like not, not good. All right. You speaking of Eldrazi actually reminds me of how I got out of magic originally, which was, uh, so I got into magic when time spirals in like my buddies in high school who played got me in and then Lorwyn hit and I was just like, Yes, this is my shit because Lorwyn is pretty cool. Yeah, okay. So like the theme of the themes in Lorwyn really uh, like grabbed me because it's uh, a more traditional fantasy theme that's based on like Welsh folklore. Mm -hmm. So it's very Tolkien esque. They even go so far as to um, have an entire uh, like race and set of cards that are just hobbits, except under a different name, so they can like copy it. Yeah, yeah, and they're called Kithkin, and they're fucking awesome how long is wizards own D? uh i don't know because if they had Maybe been really long? smart you know what they would have done is they would have made kithkin halflings instead yeah they and just then, had mm-hmm. and you get some nice crossover there because you know D nerds and magic the gathering nerds are like you know like one in the same pretty close <laughs> but yeah like lorwin um for a new player, it was really good because this was what was is known as a tribal set. So that means that uh, uh, there are certain tribes, like like elves, mm-hmm. are like it, like elf is an important keyword, and there's a whole bunch of elves, and like they do things like uh, this card makes all your elves cost one less, and this card gives all elves plus one plus one, mm-hmm. and this card makes all elves uh, indestructible. And uh, so you can just sort of pull all of the elf-like related cards together, and like that's your deck. It's really a good way to get a new player on, rather than just having uh, a set that has like a bunch of cards uh, that are just like good on their own. If you figure out how to do that, yeah, I do. This, yeah, the tribal idea is really good for, especially new players or players that are yeah. coming back, because you have to. You, there's so much less. Um, like mental work you need to do to build yeah. your decks. Like you really have nice. to like you have to ask yourself, hmm, what are the synergies I can mm-hmm. I can have in my deck? And if it's a tribal set, it's fucking color by numbers, dude. Mm-hmm. You want to play green? Cool. You're playing an elf deck. You want to play uh, white? Cool. You're playing Kithkins. Just get all the cards that say uh, this card makes Kithkins better and just jam them into a deck and boom, there you go. You probably have a pretty okay competitive is pretty good one yeah i mean they've yeah. done that in other ways like um when they when they do the tricolors i think that works pretty well or in ravnica when they have the guilds i think that is another good way to do it where you have like a yeah. framework to work on where like you kind of understand what things you need to pull in or what your yeah, options yeah. are um it's like yeah like oh i want to play like blue and red mm-hmm. all right you're you're gonna be playing is it find all the cards that say is it and is it is rad and then jam them into a deck and is boom, it for life there's yeah. your deck is yeah. it for life um so yeah so i started i played lorwyn and then the next set uh, came out called morning tide which is was uh, just an expansion for lorwyn uh it had more of the same uh and then they did a weird thing where they came out with like a like a, a black mirror version of uh lorwyn called Shadowmoor, and then evening tide or eventide which is just like lorwyn was all like bright flowers and like you know uh, Welsh fantasy and like the sun was up and then 
Eventide was like the Grimm's fairy tales version of all like the fantasy shit. Mm-hmm. So like all the merfolk weren't like pretty and and waif. They had like like they they made it so that the fish part was on top, and they were had like they looked like they all looked like angular fish, and like everything and like the sun was down and it was dusk, and it was like the the creepy part of uh, Welsh like folklore. Do they? Have, uh, like, but it was still they yeah, it was still like very reason? tribal. Was there like a lore going on? Yeah, like yeah, there was a lore reason that is unimportant to magic as a whole right now because Lorewyn is also the last standalone set mm-hmm. that uh, they are probably never going to revisit. So in Lorewyn's lore, because it doesn't tie into like the big overarching story yeah. that they're telling in magic now, in Lorewyn's lore, um, just every hundred years, like the sun is just always up and it like dips to the horizon. But it's like you're experiencing summer in Scandinavia. It just, it dips, and then it comes back up, and then it dips, and then it comes back up. Gotcha. And then every hundred years, uh, it does the reverse, where the sun goes down, and then it's just nighttime. And the sun gets close to the horizon, so it turns into twilight, but it never gets above the horizon, and it goes back to nighttime. Interesting. And that just that just happens uh, once every hundred years. Cool, and it like makes all the creatures like evil, basically. Yeah, yeah, it just turns everyone huh. into, like, uh, an evil version of themselves. I figured there was something about that. Well, so Lorwyn is also the first set that had Planeswalkers, correct? Yes, Lorwyn. Okay, so this is why I think this set is so very interesting. This is, like, the uh, like the fulcrum uh, around which all of magic and pivots both lore-wise and, like, mechanics-wise. Mm-hmm. This is the audible kachunk where magic goes from what it was like from the 90s up until uh like Lorwyn and then like so really if they wanted to do like modern I could see them either cutting it off like at Lorwyn or at Zendikar which is the set that came out okay. after this Zendikar is this a is... pretty cool set too I, like, I obviously didn't play any either I know things yeah. about a lot of them because I did play in some modern and in modern I have played with Lorwyn cards and Zendikar cards in general. Um, yeah. But they're cool sets in general. Yeah. So, like, this set um, is the first time that Planeswalkers are a card. Mm-hmm. Uh, this set has uh, a lot of uh, cards that were modern staples for a while. Uh, it also was uh, them, like, making, like, a hard cutoff and, like, experimenting with their... Um, like uh set formats so like a block used to be the main uh, the main card set and then uh, a smaller expansion and then a second smaller expansion and then it's dead it's gone it's mm-hmm. done and they had like 250 cards in the main one 150 cards 150 cards in this one they did uh what is the current system which is uh a set which is like 200-ish cards, and then an expansion, which is just like a little over 100 cards. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. Then it's done. We're on to a new thing. And so this is them, like, experimenting with, like, like set formats. Like, they're experimenting both, like, inside the lore Mm -hmm. and outside mechanically and even meta-mechanically with, like, how they release cards and shit. Mm -hmm. And so that's what makes this a very interesting set to me and it's also very nostalgic because it's the first one that i like like really into. really got really got into yeah we had talked about it a little bit uh my first one was uh right around innistrad block i got into pretty late mm-hmm. in innistrad i think 
I mean, really for me, it was like Innistrad Ravnica because I was playing right when Ravnica, the second Ravnica set came out. Um, oh, yeah. Is it like Ravnica Returns oh. or something? Or Yeah, so yeah. I actually stopped playing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after uh, Lorwyn Block uh, was done, they started releasing Zendikar. And they went back to the old style format where they had um, one big set, and then they were going to release uh, a little expansion and then another little expansion. So Zendikar happened, and it didn't have the tribal system, and I was just like, eh, I'm not really feeling this. I kept making decks with all my Lorwyn cards. Because, like, I, this was, like, my first experience getting burned by, like, buying a bunch of cards. And then they're like, all right, they're going to rotate out now. And now the, now the new hotness. And I was just like, ah, I'm not with the new hotness. So they released Zendikar. And then they released, I think it was called World Wake. Mm-hmm. Where it was just more of, like, the Zendikar shit where it's like, oh, a bunch of mana and a bunch of land. And then they released the third set in Zendikar which was Eldrazi, mm. which are these giant Cthulhu-esque colorless monsters. Yeah, Eldrazi is and really cool. That's like... I went, oh yeah, I went to the pre-release for Eldrazi, and oh my god, that expansion is god-awful if you play it <laughs> as a sealed pre-release expansion. Like, oh, I believe it, that, like, yeah. Sealed is where you get five packs, you bust open those packs, and then you have to make a 40-card deck. That expansion is a nightmare to do that in. Every single game went as long as it could, and you did not get to the... Like, most tournament play is best two out of three. Hmm. I did not get to the third game ever. We ran out of time on the second game every single time. It was a very unpleasant experience. And so that is seriously what made me get out of magic for so long and just go home and play with the cards I had. I mean, that's until that's pretty fair. Until that's you, fair. until Daniel, mm-hmm. um, he got you got hooked again, didn't he? That cardboard crack just takes a yeah. Little, takes well, a little he sniff. yeah, just get yeah. one pack. He, no, he introduced me to you, mm-hmm. and I got back into magic for Theros block, mm-hmm. which Theros was, was the block. Fun. Theros was right after Innistrad. Yeah. And actually, in my phone, you are still labeled as Logan Redden, uh, MTG. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. We so like uh, history-wise between Adam and I. Like, I he, obviously he started playing Magic for a long time before I did. Um, I started playing because our friend Daniel got me into it. I had played like Pokemon and uh, Yu-Gi-Oh a little bit in high school and junior high. So like, I kind of had some ideas, um, and then I played a little bit of Innistrad Block, and then. Um, Adam and I used to play uh, Two Headed Giant Sealed at one of our local game shops, which are still like some of my favorite yeah. memories playing because it's it's really it's a it's a really good format yeah. because I feel like in normal sealed um, when you're playing solo, sometimes you just get fucked. Like, yeah. Like oh, you, that's so yeah. You get so a lot of packs, magic is... but it's just like uh, you you might not get yeah. enough to make a good deck. But if you play Two Headed Giant Sealed. Between the two of you, you will have enough cards to make at least one pretty damn good deck, and then the other one can at least like be good enough to support it. I so. think this is actually so. Yeah, me and you first became friends like by playing Magic, mm-hmm. and then like eventually you moved into the house that I was I was running mm-hmm. during college, and I think you and me um, deciding to be a team. And go to pre-release tournaments that were uh, doubles tournaments. 
uh, is like, was like the where we became like best friends instead of like just buddies. I would agree with that. Or yeah. just roommates. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, like I, I was hanging out for a long, like we did stuff, but like, I mean, I didn't, I played like a D and D campaign with you for a while before that, but like, I don't mm-hmm. think we were really that close before that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, I think that would be probably the moment because we played how many, we played a lot because we played. Um, okay. We played at least five Yeah, because uh, the first one we went to, uh, we made our team name uh, Big Black Deck. Yeah, and we then we're like, "Well, we have to." Yeah, and then we had to do the next two, so we were bigger, blacker deck mm-hmm. and biggest, blackest deck. Now I'm trying to remember when that happened though, because I don't, I don't think it was Theros Block. I think it was Cons. Yeah, yeah, because we played a lot cons. of. Yeah, it was Dragons. Yeah, we played a bunch of Dragons. Oh uh, yeah, we did. Oh yeah, because we did play that one Dragon set. Um, yeah, and I think we did. I think we might have done one of the the core sets, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think, that might I think yeah. Because I remember and us then, having like some vampire, which is not like a really good card and constructed, but he was really dumb and and limited. Yeah, it was Singer Vampire. Yeah, he's a four four flyer for five, mm-hmm. and when he like takes damage but doesn't die, he gets a plus one plus one counter. Yeah, it's dumb. He's busted. Um, he's, yeah. And basically, we drafted that. I think I had it in my deck. I was playing like black, blue control or something, which is yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Like and me. I would, uh, you would uh, always play the control deck, mm-hmm. and I would always play the aggro deck. Yeah, and we basically just like we'd split the the mana base more or less because it was. And really, we were fucking really good. Yeah, like, we won at least three of them. Um, yeah, and we beat our our friends uh, Brian and Chris, yeah. who or no Brian and Sky, oh, Sky, yeah. who uh, Sky was the one who got me into Magic. Like Sky got yeah. Sky and Brian were the ones who got me into Magic and like took me to the game shop where they they played tournaments and bought cards. Nice. And like I think Sky actually bought me my first deck. Oh, that's sweet. I used it was to... a very technical like uh, reanimation deck mm-hmm. that I um, could not pilot <laughs> <laughs> some decks are harder to, like, i mean i like i'm obviously better at piloting certain kinds of decks than others because i played a lot of and it wasn't initially what i played but i played a lot of control overall um yeah because during cons block i played uh um oh what the esper dragons i played a lot of esper dragons because i it's just a really fun deck combo like white blue black is like esper is probably my color overall um i did really enjoy it. i played some jess guy i played some uh um some is it is it's really fun for me although i don't think as it's ever been really good outside of modern um no there's just like it's it's a really weird color combo like i think when you add white in for jeskai it gets a little better but even jeskai wasn't that good when it was in standard but esper was dumb that was like esper dragons was the best basically the best deck in uh standard at the time that it was being played um is it just so hey just had really good cards yeah so what did you think of lorwyn block because we me and you played um me me and you built a bunch of decks and played a bunch of games using tabletop simulator yeah and this this block we basically just like loaded in the whole set and uh i we we looked at some decks from the time like i looked at some merfolk um and then uh we uh, adam built better blossom which was the best deck in that meta um in that block i think um, it was it was hands down the, the best deck in the block like in the, in that meta like so much so that like I think Bitter Blossom got banned at one point. Yeah, I think or I did, did didn't you say yeah it, didn't you say it was never entered modern. It was banned yeah, yeah. as soon as it went into modern. Which yeah is yeah it was weird. so yeah like yeah 
And it's like, now, like, it could absolutely, is it unbanned now? It is it now, must, it it is now unbanned. Um, yeah. There's, yeah, there, there were some reasons why it was banned initially, and now they've unbanned it because um, they they tried it, they explained it in, a, in one of the things that I read, but it's basically, it's just not as powerful as it used to be. There's a lot more enchantment hate than there used to be when it was first released. Yeah. Um, black and white tokens isn't really as good as people would think it would be. And then... If you tried to just play Bear Blossom, like the deck from Lorwyn, and just like mess around the mana base, it just wouldn't be any good. Um, yeah. In the current modern format, because modern is so fast paced, because like we, we played a little bit of Bitter Blossom, but it's um, you basically you go online at like what turn five or four or something. Yeah, yeah, like four or five is like where you like where the deck like that's, really like starts to hum. That's pretty slow for most modern decks unless you are playing control um or yeah. some kind of combo want, deck like modern you um, want to be humming at like three to four right yeah you you your mid-range decks it's like you want to be playing a bomb on turn three and four like something huge and then usually you like even in mid-range you have like at least one or two cheap guys that you play early on to keep up with aggro but aggro decks are like dumb because aggro decks go off on like turn two well yeah you have access to every fucking shock ever printed so it's like you know, you don't, it's, it's not even like in, in most, yeah. form, like in standard formats, it's like you have to cobble together a red aggro deck. Um, in modern, you have to pick the cards you don't want, which is weird because <sighs> normally in standard, it's just like, okay, let me look at all the burn spells. All right, well, I'll just put like all of them in, I guess. And then like a couple cheap creatures that can hit face really early. And then, you know, that's your deck. But in modern, you have to like actually make decisions with aggro. It's really weird. Um, as like I, yeah, I guess modern half your deck is just like raging goblin, which is a one one with haste. Yeah, and then half your deck is lightning bolts, and then you just that's what you play. Basically, um, I I piloted a couple um, mostly by um, I forget what they call it, but you you basically just you make fake cards and you play with that instead of just buying. Oh, and proxying, yeah. proxying. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, and Adam and I used to do that. Adam, Daniel and I used to do that a lot before we would. Uh, get into a modern deck we would proxy a bunch of stuff and we would just play them um and then like when i was building esper dragons there was some stuff i hadn't ha i didn't have yet and i would proxy and stuff to see how different builds would work before i would buy the card to kind of get like an idea um yeah. anyway back to the actual point i did like yeah. Morwen a lot um okay it's a really fun set i do like the tribal mechanics a lot and i think that it at least stems a little bit from me starting in Innistrad block, Innistrad is also basically a tribal set because it's like vampires, werewolves, spirits, zombies, humans. Innistrad is a tribal set, but it's it's their it's like the current take on tribal mm. where you like you still have like good cards, but like Lorwyn is the hardest they ever like leaned into the tribe shit. Like, yeah. If, like, you, there was not a deck, you couldn't just play, like, I'm going to play some red cards, or I'm going to play some green and red cards. It's like, no, you were going to play a tribe, and if you weren't playing a tribe, you weren't in the meta. Um, but yeah, no, I think the the tribal set's really, it's really cool, and it's, it's a very interesting set, because it's, I feel like there are some older um, magic sets that I've seen cards from that kind of were playing with this exact idea where they were like kind of lore like like folkish kind of lore like with fairies and like 
Yeah. All like, that stuff and um, goblins and dragons and stuff. Actually, are, was, but, are there any dragons in this set? I don't think there's any dragons in this set. There might be like one. That's so weird to me. But I guess okay. if it's if it's more on Celtic, I don't think I don't think there was a lot of Celtic lore on dragons. Well, it's, um, no, it's it's yeah, no, it's based on Welsh folklore, uh, Welsh, which is yeah. weird because the Welsh flag has a dragon on well, it. Wow, that's a fair point. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't want to fuck with dragons. Because yeah, um, they got to a point at certain points in um, in uh, Magic where it's like almost every set has a dragon, at least one or two. Um, and then of and course then they made you know, a whole set based on dragons. God, they did it. Was they great. made a whole block based on dragons. It was so cool. I loved it. Yeah, no, that's the con set that we played in. It's just like oh yeah, yeah. That's like one of the best sets because it's like hey, there's no dragons here. It's really weird, huh? And then like huh, dragons. And then uh, there was like an in between set that was like time travel and stuff. It was really weird. Um, yeah, like oh, I do like that set because there was like there's no dragons here. And then the second expansion was time travel. There's some dragons. And then the last set was everything is dragons. Every color has dragons. Dragons, dragons, dragons. Dragons, 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 dragons. And they finally, uh, yeah. they completed the arc of, uh, I forgot what his name is, uh, Sarkin? Yeah, yeah, Sarkin. Yeah, because he, he's like a planeswalker who's been around for a long time. I think he's, he wasn't one of the original ones released, but I think he was released in Zeneca. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, the, yeah, this also has the original five planeswalkers, mm-hmm. which are fucking jace which actually if there is a pikachu for magic it's jace, it's jace. yeah he's he's uh, the character insert for every magic player yeah uh liliana which is the black one yeah uh, chandra which is the red one yeah and then uh they just fuck off and like uh killed like fucked off with the other uh the green and the white one so yeah. the green one in this set is garuk which yeah. they do not fucking use anymore. No, he it's had like, kind of lady. an arc that they had to use. They replaced him with the elf lady, um, which I'm and not really the, happy about. Yeah. And then the white one is a Johnny, who's a tiger person. Mm-hmm. And they, then they've like, also kind of replaced a Johnny. Um, yeah, they wanted all Gideon. of their yeah they wanted all of their face faces to be humans. Yeah, which is like and, the least interesting they could have possibly. And had. I guess they wanted to replace one of them with like more female representation. Yeah, which I mean, and you know, is kind which of which actually. You know what? Three out of five, like that's really good female representation. Yeah, I will, I will agree with that. I don't, I don't have a problem with um, them replacing Garuk because they replaced it with a woman. I have a problem because they changed her backstory from when they first released her. Um, because yeah. initially she was like super elf racist. Like she was basically, oh, yeah, she was, yeah, she's like an elf druid, and she was always just like, yeah, fuck everyone that's not an elf or lives in the woods. Like yeah. if you don't like nature and you're not an elf, then you can just fuck off. And they turned her into just being a regular good guy, which is boring as shit. Um, yeah. And at least Garuk, like before, before they stopped using him, I don't know if they like fully killed him off or what happened, but uh, there it happened in Innistrad block. Um, Liliana cursed him because they had an encounter, and then yeah. he became like black green basically for a while, which was kind of cool. Yeah. He was like a, then they then they made Veraska, who's now the yeah. mascot black green clanswalker, and she's I, like they didn't even kill off Garuk; they did something mm-hmm. worse. They just stopped writing about what happened. They, they just wrote him off, which is really boring because, yeah. like, right before they did that, like one of his last ones they released was uh, it was like Garuk the Planeswalker Killer or something. I forget what. Yeah, it's something. Or but Garuk that's basically what what it was. Yeah, but he he was like a really expensive one, and his whole gimmick was like he had one of his roll up roll downs was kill target Planeswalker or creature, and it's like dope. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. One, it was really cheap to do, and it was just but, like. It's so, it's so boring though because they released him and they had some lore about that he was like out hunting down planeswalkers but he didn't kill anyone interesting 
So it's like, no. why? Like, I was expecting him to, like, actually kill Liana. I was like, that'd be dope. Or, like, kill Gideon or something. Or even, like, I wouldn't really want them to kill Ajani because Ajani is actually pretty cool. Um, yeah. Man, they really just dropped the ball on Ajani's whole lore because, like, wasn't he, like, like the one that was mostly opposing, uh, um, man, what's I, what's the big bad? Nicobolus. Yeah. yeah Ajani was, like, had, like, a like a vendetta against Nicobolus because Nicobolus is a fucking fucking brick uh but and then uh, they just like they just, just kind of uh, whatever he's a cat person nobody that, likes him let's replace him with a human face so we yeah. can have just like this avengers lineup yeah. of, of human faces boring. i don't I really think actually actually maybe that was it because maybe avengers came out and they were like we need an avengers lineup so they made five human planeswalkers yeah it's yeah. it's this dull. is i wish they wouldn't do that it bums me yeah. i feel like they're a little mm-hmm. better about it and um they're a little better about it in some of the special sets they release. Um, I mean, oh, we didn't. We haven't talked about Soren. Soren's actually like one of my favorite planeswalkers because he's Soren is my favorite planeswalker. He's so Liliana is like not. She's like evil in like a. Really, she's a necromancer. Ooh. Yeah, like a really heavy-handed way. Whereas Soren is like evil, but also he's kind of trying to do good things. Well, he's he's black white so which is well, my favorite color combo. sometimes he's black sometimes he's just black like the initial his original his original print was straight black but mm-hmm. every single print of him afterwards has been white black because really? they needed a white black yeah that's planeswalker i mean he's the best and, one to do it with yeah and like yeah white black is i think my favorite color combo i do like and white black. uh i played some orzov like, in uh, uh yeah what was orzov from is that is that ravnica yeah orzov is ravnica yeah yeah i played a lot of orzov when ravnica was out Okay, so we played several games uh, with this set, um, but not only that, um, we started playing a little bit of Magic, and I think the thing that we quickly came to terms with is that uh, the reason why we stopped, we both stopped playing Magic is uh, it's actually not that great mechanically, eh? Yeah, they've done some things to fix it. I think them messing with mulligan rolls helps a lot, but um, man, having land as a whole mechanic is kind of bad. Um I played Hearthstone yeah. like it off still and on really for a feels while. like it was made in the nineties. Yeah, well, I mean it's problematic too because at this point they've like kind of just have to keep making it the same way they have been. Like you can do things to fix it. Um, honestly, I think what they should be doing is like probably have some kind of mulligan rule about hey, uh, well I know why they don't do this. They could be like hey, if you have all land, then you have to draw again. But there's definitely some kind of deck you could build that would take advantage of that for yeah. sure. That's definitely a thing. Like maybe they can make a rule like, hey, at the beginning of your at the be- at the very start, everyone draws six cards, mm-hmm. and then they pick one basic land from their deck to put into their hand. That'd be pretty good. I think that could work yeah. out. Um, like, but you'd have to make the, a basic land. Okay, so like we both also play Warhammer, mm-hmm. and uh, the thing they have above Magic is that they have additions mm-hmm. where uh, an addition comes out, and they can just update the rules a little bit, mm-hmm. or they can make full-on new rules for the game you still get to use your little like miniature army men but their rules are completely different the mechanics of the game can change entirely i think the magic that that warhammer has over magic on that is that magics so warhammer has physical things that they sell um they come with stats but they're not like on the object itself whereas like magic can't reprint cards different yeah 
Like, um, Lana War Elves always has to cost one, mm-hmm. always has to be a 1-1, one, one, and always has to tap for a green mana symbol. And that's the problem they have. And that's why things like, I think Hearthstone is just a better, uh, I'm not going to say it's a better version. There's some things I like about Magic that I don't like about Hearthstone. Like, there's there's pros and cons there. Um, but I think the thing that Hearthstone does really well is that they're not afraid to balance stuff after it's released, whereas like Magic Gathering can't do that. Like after you release a card, you either have to ban it or restrict it or something. Like you can't, you can't reprint. change what it says. Yeah, you can't whereas... reprint like fucking Mana War to make it a one-two. It has to be a one-one forever. Yeah, now. It just always has to be. Whereas like Hearthstone, they do this a lot, and they've been better about it more recently because Hearthstone, when it was first, before they started doing sets and stuff with Hearthstone or like uh, rotations. Because they eventually had to do that. Because I think, I think inevitably all card games need to, unless you do it. Netrunner did, and uh, you do. Literally, everyone has everything always. Dude, uh, just before that, Netrunner died, they were about to do a rotate. Wow, really? So then yeah. I'm just wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think it's inevitable that the more cards you release, eventually you're going to have to do rotations, and eventually you're going to have to do different formats just by the nature of how card games work. Um, but so Hearthstone yeah. did that at some point. Before they did that, they were really la- they were really um, hesitant to change cards. Um, and they have a really... They used to have a really bad habit of when they would nerf stuff in Hearthstone, they would nerf it into the ground. So they might as well... <laughs> it. No, it's literally like... Um, and this is something I kind of... I do like about Modern and Magic a little better. Um, yeah, they'll ban stuff, but... They can't change the card, so like sometimes they'll they'll ban around the card that they don't want to ban, which is kind of interesting. Um, they've done this multiple times, where like there is a problem deck, and instead of banning the card that makes it um, the card that makes it broken, the one the one that like is the core part of the deck, they'll ban another card that makes it good instead, or like something else they think is causing that problem. Oh, okay, instead so if there's just, a card that says like um, spend one mana. Um, play this specific 6-6 flyer. Mm-hmm. Instead of banning that 6-6 flyer, they'll ban the one card that like gets them out early. Yeah, something like that. They they went round and round on this with um, a modern deck that used to be a thing. It's not anymore called Splinter Twin. Especially a combo deck. Splinter Twin is an enchantment that you put it on and you can copy the card that you attached it to, the creature you attached it to. Um, so there's a combo where basically you can I forget what it is. I think it's. I want to say it's a fairy. Um, but yeah, when there's it, when a it comes fairy the field, and, and another one that does it. There's yeah. like two that do it. Um, it lets you Splinter Twin lets you copy, and then the creature that the copy comes out with haste, but dies at the end of the turn. So what you do is you play a creature that untaps the creature you have the enchantment on, and then you can just make infant copies, and they all have haste, um, and then you just win, and they all have flying. So it's like. If you get your combo off on, you can do it on like turn four and you just win. Um, and that's how Splinter Twin works. But instead of for a long time, they were trying not to ban Splinter Twin, like the enchantment itself, because that's the card that makes the whole deck work. Um, so they would ban like other cards around it. Like, I, I want to say that's the reason why Ponder got banned initially, because it was oh, really? really, yeah, it was really heavy. And sp- well, I mean, it, there's other reasons Ponder got banned, but yeah, it's like every once in a while to do a thing where it's like, We'll ban a card to lower the power level of a bunch of stuff instead of just this one specific deck. Like, yeah, it hurts this deck, but it also hurts other decks that we're trying to work on instead of gutting the whole core of the deck that they're working on. 
But yeah. Hearthstone doesn't do this. Hearthstone, well, it, it's gotten better about it, but they've done it multiple times where there's a deck that was kind of a problem, and there's one card that made it kind of a problem. And they it's, would it's, like, the, it's the engine that makes yeah, the, card, the, and they deck just the deck touch it, and they'd be like, nope, this card doesn't work like this anymore. This deck doesn't exist now. And they would just sweep it under the rug. Uh, there is, yeah, and it's mostly stuff they released in the original set. Like, there is a, a druid card where you could summon three 2-2 two, two Trents with uh, Rush, or not Rush, Charge, which was, it's it's Hearthstone's version of Haste. Um, oh, yeah. So you could, could hit swing face, immediately. Yeah, you could swing immediately, and then Druid has a lot of cards that let you buff your creature's attack and your attack. So uh, with a certain combo in Druid, you could do, like, 15 damage out of nowhere. Um, so they just, can they change that Trent card so that it doesn't do uh, Charge anymore. So it just ruined that combo completely. So that's just not a thing anymore. Um, ah. And that was like the best deck at the time, right before that happened. And then there's another time they did it with uh, um, Warrior. I forget what the name of the deck was, but there's basically a card that you could play, and it's like all of your um, all of your creatures less than a certain cost have charge. And that no, that's not it. I think it was attacker. It was it was based on some stat your card had, but it would give other things charge when you played them. And then Warrior had a way to they got a creature that every time you dealt damage to it, it made a copy of itself. So you, so could, you could just you could combo those together and deal a bunch of damage to these guys and then hit face all at once. Um and you could deal, you know, like fifteen damage out of nowhere. So, See that like I tried to play Hearthstone when it first came out, mm-hmm. but the thing that turned me off from it is just the utter lack of interaction because they yeah. made it so that it's, it could be a mobile game mm-hmm. or like an internet game. So like there's there's no such thing as blocking. Like yeah. they eliminated as many questions as possible as to how like they eliminated all the steps where you have to ask your opponent and you guys have to like mm-hmm. talk and, and shit and like decide things together. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the entire reason I like I liked magic was the interaction and oh that gets me to a point like i don't know if you ever noticed this uh i never put sleeves on any of my decks Uh, did you ever notice that when we were like playing and stuff i think i did because i utterly did not care that like these cards were like expensive or Mm. like or like shit like i just wanted to play a card game if all of these cards cost a nickel I would have still played the same way. I put one deck into sleeves, and it was my elf deck from Lorwyn. It was the first one I built myself. I put that into sleeves, and then I'm like, I'm never doing this again. And so, like, even my expensive cards, like, I didn't put into sleeves. Like, I just fucking, I would show up to tournaments with, like, an unsleeved deck, and people would be like, ugh. Yeah, and then, it's like, pretty and weird they, in that. I would show up to tournaments with an unsleeved deck, and people would be like, this this guy is is a scrub yeah and then like i would start playing and i would start doing well and they'd be like all right this guy knows what he's doing and then i would play an expensive card and they'd be like why is that not in a sleeve oh fuck (laughs) and i'd be like because i do not care yeah i will say that's like one of the one of the things i like about hearthstone a lot more than magic is that uh just do the nature of how hearthstone works uh you can't like buy cards and because of that, cards don't have their own inherent value outside of the system of the game that you're in. Um, yeah. So, like, huh. there's no secondary market at all for cards in Hearthstone. That's just not a thing that exists. They probably will never make it a thing. Um, because I think 
that is one of the other things that makes magic bad as a card yeah it's literally that makes it bad it's literally better to buy your decks like buy every card that you want for a deck than to just buy packs just by nature of how it works and it's every card is valued at at how much people want it and how many cards there are printed so like that's why rarity in magic is Mm -hmm. so shitty yeah i rarity for magic is one of the main reasons mythic rares should not exist um zendikar is the set in which mythic rares uh so oh yeah so yeah um mythic is like there's common uncommon and rare Mm -hmm. probably should be should be it probably shouldn't exist any in in the first place but then in zendikar they made mythic rare which is you open that even less and ever since they had mythic rare Almost every single Planeswalker was a Mythic Rare card, mm-hmm. and you need Planeswalkers to play Magic nowadays. Typically, yeah. Lorewind, well, not always, but like but more, more often than not, um, Planeswalkers just have such a high um, overall power level that if you're not playing with Planeswalker, if there's a good Planeswalker in the color that you're playing, or the kind of deck that you're playing, you should use it. Like, well... Lorwyn has the five original Planeswalkers, mm-hmm. and they're all just rare. God, that's such a better way to do it. That's such a better way to do it. But that's that's the other thing is it, it, it's a money it's a money thing in general because if you if you have something like a mythic rare, people have to buy a lot of packs to get mythic rares because they're so much rarer. Because they're it's so like you get a rare in every pack no matter what. Um, but mythic rare it's like every seven packs or something i forget what the map yeah. on it is but it's like you only get it in out of so many packs theoretically yeah like every pack um, has gambling. 10 it commons makes, yeah. it makes uh, the gambling worse like I, i'm kind of okay yeah. with the rare aspect and not that hearthstone doesn't do this but hearthstone has a really good system of um you can basically melt down your old cards to make new cards or if you yeah. get enough of cards you don't want you can get rid of them to get cards you do want which is a really good system. Um, and Magic yeah. can just never do that because... Um, it's a physical know, card game. It's a physical card game, and the common cards are so common, they might as well be trash. Um, yeah, because so, there's 10 commons in a pack, yeah. and then there's three uncommons, and then there's mm-hmm. one rare, and then there's one land in every pack. So the, mm-hmm. every pack is, is 15 cards, and every pack in general costs $3. Mm-hmm. And so, like... Those ten commons are so common, you might as well like throw them in the trash. Yeah, and that's that's my oh. other problem with with Magic the Gathering is I feel like they have a really bad habit of making most of their common cards just pretty bad in general. Yeah, they're just not. Um, they're, the power levels are just so. It's, it, the, the differences between a common card even to an uncommon card is pretty drastic, and that's why I do think like probably one of my favorite formats that I've ever played is Popper. Um, yes i actually really love popper we we should play more popper um we should we should like fuck around with some popper decks because popper even because it's becoming like an actual format now because modern has gotten so expensive and standard has gotten so expensive um so in 2007 like when larwin came out when i started playing uh, magic was not that expensive yeah well it's it's gotten more popular in general and that drives a value of well the, the main thing is it's not like um like obviously wizards hasn't really increased the cost that they put stuff out at like their pack costs have been about the same 
yeah. um, that whole time. The problem is that there are more people playing, and because there are more people playing, there is more demand for certain cards. And because Wizards only releases their good cards at certain levels, at certain, like, rarities, then those cards become very valuable because people, there's a demand for them and there's only so many to go around. So, I, you know, I wish I, like, had learned more about economics because I guarantee you I could do a whole lecture on the economics of Magic the Gathering and it would be <laughs> stupid interesting. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, so it... it it's a problem, and that's, I think, one of the reasons why I don't like magic. The other one is, like, things like mana screw and, um, what, it's mana screw and mana flooding, yeah. Where yeah, you just, where, like, either you don't draw land or you draw only yeah. land. Which is like, the, the other big, big advantage that Hearthstone has over magic is, uh, hey, you never, that never happens. That's never a thing that yeah, will be. Yeah, that never, yeah. Will, Just build your curve right, and it'll be fine. The negative to that is is that in Hearthstone, generally, um, aggro decks tend to be pretty good. Aggro and mid-range decks tend to be better than control decks. Um, yeah. And a lot of their metas, more often than not, aggro, mid-range are the best decks. Um, there's some combo decks that pop every once in a while, but uh, Hearthstone actually doesn't really like combo decks. So um, they, don't, they don't let it happen very often, which kind of sucks. Because some of my favorite Hearthstone decks have been combo decks. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But... Um, I understand why, because I think combo decks are like this weird, they're a really weird like position where it's like aggro controlled mid range are very like they feel fair to play against no matter what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, like, like you're you're yeah. like you're doing uh, you're either like hitting face really fast or you're like like controlling what happens on the yeah. board or you're Reserving doing like sort of like sort of like a mix of both. Yeah, but and, combo um, decks feel like you are breaking the game no yeah. matter. That's the what whole point happens. of a combo deck. The point of a combo deck is like. Okay, I don't care what my opponent is doing. If I win what I'm trying to do, I just win. If I get my combination of these three cards out, I I win by default. Yeah, which I don't I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. It's just like a weird structure because like obviously like it's really if, if you're talking about how decks yeah. work, like the hierarchy of decks, it's like aggro versus control. Um, usually aggro is going to win. Uh, Mid range usually will beat aggro. And then control will usually be mid-range, typically. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a rock, that's, paper, scissors. Yeah, it's a rock, paper, scissors. But combo decks like sit outside of that. And they're just like, well, I'll just beat any of you as long as you let me get to turn four. So, you know? Um, yeah. It's like a whole thing. And there's like, I mean, obviously there's other types of decks and like there's other categories. But I feel like that's how I think about it. Um, and it's just a, it's a problem for some and it's honestly the most problem the, the biggest problem decks that magic has ever had have all been combo decks um yeah yeah that's true so i mean i it, combo decks by their nature just you can you can just say broken yeah they're they're kind like, of just broken but the thing is like i feel like magic plays a pretty fine line with it where they're like we want combo decks to exist because we know people like playing them but magic yeah magic leads into combo mm-hmm. decks and they build like uh, they do the thing where they build combos in mm-hmm. to where it's like, oh, oh you play this land, and if you play this card and this card, this land suddenly taps for seven mana. Yeah, And so they try to like appease that appetite for people to play combo decks by building it in, but they're... Oh. But it's it's really hard to build combos in because yeah. what when somebody wants to build a combo deck, what they want to do is, oh, no, I'm going to take this card that's okay, this card that's okay, and this card that's bad, but if I play all three of them at the same time in this order, I 
accidentally win the game by some sort of weird clause in the rules because yeah. they put in a, a, a comma instead of an asterisk here. So that means that technically I destroy all your cards and make you have zero life. You know what I think? I think more lawyers should be playing Magic the Gathering because I think they would really right? enjoy it in general. <laughs> if you're a lawyer and you haven't played Magic the Gathering, you should just do it. You, you should. Right now. Because yeah, I think if you, get, if you figure out the rules are, you're going to like it a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so let's talk about Lorewind some more. So I feel like we keep getting on tangents. Anyway. Well, I guess, yeah, this is sort of that's a like bad a general... Thing. Like, this magic. is like my, uh, my general, like idea about magic and so this yeah. is sort of turned into like a, a magic gathering like i mean i'm pretty happy with that honestly because i mean i could talk about magic for a while obviously i mean like games, when yeah so. when we were playing the decks uh what we were talking about was magic the gathering as a as a general concept because yeah. neither of us because we both had stepped away from the game for various reasons and yeah, this I, just I mean, helped us like put into words why we stepped away from it yeah it, it did also like i mean we talked about multiple times like the things that we do like things that we like we remember liking the most are like um sealed playing sealed like obviously is like made us really good friends but also it's just like is a fun format to play yeah um, yeah like magic is is at its best and i actually think the only way in which magic the set like the the concept and the mechanics work in modern times like in 2020 is in limited formats where you just mm -hmm bust open packs and you make a deck out of that either well, it's draft where you like pull one card at a time or mm -hmm. it's sealed where you get five packs and you bust those open and you make that into a, a 40 card deck i think that is the only system in which magic really works and is both fair and fun yeah i think that's the thing is the main thing is like it I think the fairness and the fun level that go together because the problem with most of the other formats that you could play is that it requires you to spend money on magic. Oh, okay, yeah. So like, Whereas, let's, like limited, let's, like let's make a catchy thing. Some. So sure, let's make it's fair, fun, and financially viable. There you go. That's it. And that's and, the main thing is that uh, obviously you have to pay for the packs that you play limited in or sealed in, limited, sealed, whatever. Same little little comment. Yeah, but if, if you want to draft. Like each pack costs about three dollars. Let's let's say let's say like tax is ten dollars, and then a lot of places will ask you to pay uh, for one more pack for a prize pool. So it's between ten and thirteen dollars to play a round of uh, draft. That's not expensive. And not expensive then sealed all, is what three times five is fifteen. Like sealed is at most a twenty dollar experience. Mm -hmm. And then, you, and then yeah and if you're good at playing you'll win prizes that you can then walk up to the shop owner and sell back for cash so like or store credit and just be like hey just keep my store credit on the books i'll be back at the beginning of the next set for another sealed yeah and just buy somewhere you know for sealed which totally works out and i think yeah i think that's the most it, it's obviously the best for like newcomers and i feel like it's just if you if you don't want to get like really really into magic and buy just like way or spend too much money on it and i think limited and sealed is where you want to be um but that is the other reason why i like popper is because popper is basically just like it, it's a modern but only commons oh yeah yeah, Pop, yeah which, popper is like you you can use all the cards for modern but only if they were printed as a common yeah. and the commons like we said are trash so yeah. like the most expensive common in the world is like one dollar a card but the cool thing about it is because you're you're playing with commons throughout the entire almost the entire history of magic you still can make really funny busted decks um 
just be it, it's it's honestly yeah. it is the format that feels the closest to playing modern like i like i played like a decent amount of modern and like it's really funny how many modern like staple decks you can basically make almost the same idea of a deck just in popper just out of commons and it, it's just cool it's fun um and you don't have it, to spend it any also, money on it it like, also gets closest I think to like the spirit of magic, like yeah, what it what what it wanted to be when it first came out. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing though is like so like just to throw out numbers. When I was playing modern, um, most modern decks were at least like at least like your cheapest modern deck would be like two hundred bucks. Like maybe you could find some that go a little under that, like one hundred eighty. Like, but you're exp- you're you're spending at least two hundred dollars to get like a good solid like that's like a cheap aggro deck. If you want to get mono red aggro and modern, you can usually do that for around 200 ish bucks. Like maybe you could cut costs here or there and go cheaper. Um, like mostly in your mana base, because uh, mana bases are stupid expensive. It's actually like the biggest expense you have to do for most decks, especially control decks. Um, but like the upper tier of that is like there's some modern decks that cost like 600 bucks. Like that's just a thing. And in Popper, you can buy a top tier popper deck for like 20 bucks. Like, yeah, like top, yes. top tier 20 bucks. You spend 20 bucks, you buy all those cards. You got it. You're good. Um, but yeah. In, and, the, in and modern, those cards are, not... and, and popper is like also like, I think it also has the same time scale as modern. So it's like basically, it's, I don't know if it's, it's exact, but it's pretty close. It's pretty close. It's like since ninth edition, to now which is basically the past 15 years of of cards that have been released i'm pretty sure that's right because i'm pretty sure after that it goes into legacy territory um yeah and then vintage is its whole other thing i forget what i was i always i always hear the distinction is uh between legacy and vintage i know there is one Um, i know yeah i know there is but i I don't care maybe it's just you don't have the moxes that might be it that honestly might just i think i think vintage is like everything and then legacy was like the modern of its time mm-hmm. and then modern kind of cut it off so like i bet and in like a couple years magic is going to come out with like a like current is going to oh, be yeah no 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 is going to be a format, but people are believe that people that are still going to play modern yeah. so then there's going to be vintage legacy modern current and then like 10 years after that they're going to come out with like 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 present is going to be the yeah. next format for sure i think that it's 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 almost inevitable that's going to happen i am really excited because like so like around the time that i got out of playing um popper was just starting to become like a, a hobby thing. like like a thing yeah, like it was like a thing rooms. they were doing it on the internet mostly of mtgo uh because on mtgo um which i don't even know if it's still a thing or not i think they replaced i don't think, that it, with I don't think else. magic gathering online is still a thing at all I think they replaced it with something else that's better. Um, yeah, like Magic, like, yeah. yeah. I forget what it's called, though. But I, like, yeah, I Tabletop haven't, Simulator. <laughs> haven't, yeah, we should, you should just do Tabletop Simulator. It's 20 bucks, and you can play every fucking set because people on the internet have scanned every fucking Magic card that ever existed. Yeah. It's more awkward, but honestly, if you ever played MTGO, MTGO was stupid awkward. It was, it was awful. very hard. It's, it's, it was not fun to play. It was a bad system, and I don't know why anyone ever kept it up. But anyway... I played a little bit of Popper on MTGO uh, right before I stopped playing. Um, and there was a decent like market for it. It's like, you know, you spend 20 bucks online and you can just start playing immediately. And the problem is, obviously, you don't have the physical cards, so you can't play it with other people. Um, 
and I would love at some point probably just to play popper tournaments. That sounds super fun, um, actually. Uh, but uh, anyway, my point is that like when I first left, that was just starting to become like a fad. Like there weren't tournaments, official tournaments. Like you could do it online. Um, there were some people like at certain game stores that were running them. Like they would just like if the community was like, hey, we want to do a popper tournament. And the game store is like, yeah, totally do a popper tournament. Um, they would just do it. But there was no like officially sanctioned ones by Wizards. And that has now changed where they actually have official popper tournaments, which is super cool. It was like it's basically like a grassroots like it just got so popular that Magic had to be like or Wizards had to be like, OK, well, you guys want to play this? Like, I we... think the reason it got so popular is because like when I was playing like in 2007, like, if you wanted to buy, like, a top-tier, like, standard deck and go to tournaments and fucking yeah. win, it would cost you maybe 100 bucks. Man, depending that, on I'm the set. jealous, because that's, like, when I was and playing like, standard, my Esper Dragons deck cost me, like, $400 altogether. Like, yeah, like, that's yeah. insane. That's why, like, it just priced people out of it so hard that, and, well, like, people are, people are priced people out of standard, mm-hmm. and that's why modern, like, modern wasn't a thing when I started playing Lorwyn. Modern... Yeah happened like in between Lorwyn and Innistrad when you started playing. Yeah. And it was because people got priced out of standard. And so they're like, well, I have all these old cards and I just don't want to pay for the standard and I can't, I don't have all the old, old cards. Mm-hmm. So I can't keep up with vintage and legacy. And so they're like modern and they're like, Oh cool. Yeah. I can get a, a, to- a top tier deck in modern because I have most of the cards mm-hmm. already. And then modern did the same thing. Yeah, where it priced everyone out, and finally people were just like, "Popper commons, commons are common, like yeah. just like the, the just, cheapest you thing just possible. Cannot yeah. get expensive. Even the most expensive popper deck physically possible would be like fifty bucks, yeah. less than the price like, of like a new video game. Yeah, like that. That's like the extreme. Like, there's no way popper will ever get that expensive in yeah. general. And I think part of the problem. I mean, it's really just. The, the way in which modern works and the way in which it interacts with standard is the, and it's like the reason why my Esper Dragons deck was so expensive is uh, the fetch lands I talked about earlier. When those were re-released in cons and the idea was, hey, we're going to re-release these cards because these lands have gotten so expensive in modern that it's pricing people out. But the problem is it did lower the cost, but it also made standard more expensive because every standard deck worth its weight was playing those fetch lands that were also popular in modern. So you had your modern like people buying up all these cards, making the prices skyrocket. So people playing in standard couldn't play cheaply if they wanted to be the most efficient. Like because fetch yeah. lands are stupid efficient. They're very it's it's a very very good land to have, um, and you just can't. You, you couldn't play without them. Like, if you were playing without them, you were at a disadvantage for everyone else you played against. And that's a problem. Especially when you go for control decks. Like, that's, like, aggro decks can usually get away with not playing um, expensive land bases. Like, um, I'm not convinced in general. I know a lot of modern aggro decks will play, like, weird land combinations. But if you're playing monocolor and you want to save money and you're playing modern, just buy yourself a cheap ass aggro burn deck and make your entire mana base red lands, just mountains. And you will save yourself like $60. 
Easy. Easy. So like, while you're saying that, I just looked up um, a red goblins pauper deck. Mm-hmm. And its mana base is 17 mountains. Yeah, those, that's the thing about, that's the, the that's biggest it. thing about pauper that makes it so much cheaper is that you don't have to buy expensive land because the number of like weird lands that are good that tap for like multiple kinds of mana or do really busted shit, they're all common. None of them are common. Not a single one of them. They're all like at least rare. So popper decks tend to, you at least cut all that shit out and you cut out like planeswalkers and legendaries for the most part. Well, actually, no, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any legendaries that are not rare at least. Although now that they have they have planeswalkers that are uh, common, or no, maybe that are uncommon. Uncommon. <sighs> they should yeah. just make common ones. They should have. I would. I would yeah. play a whole set that was just planeswalkers. That would be super cool. Like you know what? There's no creatures in this set. It's all planeswalkers. All Every fucking. This one is of them. this is the this is the logical conclusion of magic. You might as well. Like you know. You, you really you, might as well. Just jump the shark already. Just jump it. Just, just yeah, jump that fucking shark. All right. Anyway. Well, okay. Now that we've talked about Lorwyn a little bit and magic a lot, yeah. How can we make a drink based off of this? Man, I was gonna. I wanted to talk about the decks that we made, honestly. Um, but we can just talk about the drink. I'm oh about. yeah. Okay. Yeah, we didn't really talk about the decks that we made. No, nah, we didn't talk about that very much at all. Or the deck that we tried to make that we thought busted the whole game. Oh yeah, yeah. We set. but we we read the card <laughs> wrong. <laughs> so there's this one card that is uh, an 8-8 with Trample, and it only costs 4 mana. Yeah. That's weird, because usually each one of mana gets you, like, one power slash toughness. Yeah. So a 4-4 four, four, for 4 would be standard. That's like pretty general. even, yeah. That's even. But a 4-4 four, four with Trample, an extra ability, costing 4, that's weird. Mm-hmm. And, but, okay, here's, here's the clause. It says, when you play this... Each opponent can search their library for a creature and put it onto the battlefield. But we thought it said each player. Yeah. Can we search. were so excited. We were so excited. We built a, literally an entire deck. We built a black red control combo deck based around the fact that this card could pull cards from our own deck. So it would, then... it would, it would, you would play one of this guy and then you would pull uh, the other three of the, that guy out of your deck. And then the last card you would pull would be a guy that uh, burned every creature for the number of giants you had in the field, which would, at minimum, be five. Yeah. And um, that's not how that card works. <laughs> man, it would have been... It would, no, like... We, we were... This, it was we late, and deck. we were drunk. We were pretty drunk, and it was late. I'm just going to say, though, if that card did work like that, that deck would have been awesome. That deck would have been Also, it cool. would have made Bitter Blossom never work. Yeah. Because it would have just been like, oh... You have you make a bunch of fairies. Well, they're all dead now. Fuck you. Yeah, um, and like I have, that, 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 I have four like, eight eight tramplers. What if heavyweights, if Borderland, Borderland heavyweights worked like that, yeah. that would have been the deck in Lorrowind. Sure would have not bitter blossom. And the deck because... we made was pretty fucking cool too because it had ten, we we even were like okay, but like if you're making this in in this format, like in this like block, you gotta you gotta account for bitter blossom. Like you gotta have cards that like. There's like literally a red spell, a red green spell that's one and counters target blue spell. It's like so like yeah, you would have itself. that you would you would have that in the deck. It's not like yeah, of course optimal, like in a no, general sense, for but sure like not. if you were playing it in this block, that's what you would have. 
Yeah. And so we built the built that deck like in the meta of that block, and then we got to playing the first game. I drew that card, and then I I pulled it up so it was like really huge on my screen, and I was about to play it, and I'm like, "Hey, Logan, what was the idea behind this deck again?" Because I I don't think we did it right. <laughs> the fucked up. It's so like, I, did you find that card first, or did I find that card first? No, no, because I was about to play it, and I was just like, "Wait." No, I mean, what like when we combo? start when we started building it. Oh no no! I love that card. It was one. Of, it's been one of my favorite cards for a long time because it has. It's so close to having such great potential. It's so. And close. I was I was just drunk enough to forget why it did. It it Man, wasn't it good. Was a, okay, I'm going to tell you though. Even if it was like one or two mana more, and it still had the effect we thought it had, that would still be a really good deck. That would still be very good, especially in that until set. Turn, if you waited until turn six, that's totally viable. I mean, if it was turn four it would just be like modern viable because that's when Splinter Twin would go off on turn four. So, you know, it would work. Um, Yeah, yeah, so we tried to build that and then we literally put the first game and it was like, oh, hey, this doesn't actually work. Um, Other than that, I built uh, built a Merfolk deck. I played a little bit of Merfolk and Modern at some point. I was dicking around with it. Um, And I really like Merfolk Modern. Modern Merfolk is like one of my favorite decks in Modern because it's like it's a pretty good deck it's always like kind of on the cusp of being tier one it just requires them to release like one or two more good merfolk um and it's cheap it's not expensive because most of your cards are actually cards from lorwyn or cards from other sets that have just happened to have released good merfolk because you don't play most of the rare ones um i don't you may might play like one or two mythics in that entire deck and the rest of it's just like, okay, well, I have a mana base, and then I have Merfolk from all over the entire history of Magic. It's just a fun deck. Anyway, I played some Merfolk and Lorwyn because I wanted to try it out, and it was pretty good. I liked it. I also played Jace in it because I suck. Um, and I was just like, I want to play Jace because he's he's in the set. I'm going to do it. Um, but then what else did I, I build? I built all the cards, all the decks that I had ideas for in high school but didn't have the money to build. And um, it turns out they're all bad because they were all ideas I had when I was first starting to play Magic and I wasn't good at it. I mean, that there, makes is, sense there is one deck that we did I didn't get to play with. It's mm. my Warriors uh, tribal deck. I kind of was looking at the tribal Warriors. I thought that there's probably something I, I, I kind of want to. Okay, next time we just like have a night where we're just playing Magic. Yeah, let's stick around. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Oh, also, like in this a journey through Magic that we found. Um, we found the the best format for Magic, and if you uh, have never played Magic and this podcast has made you interested, this is the format you should play, and it is called Cube. Cube is very fun. Cube One of my, is some of my the best format. I've been Cube. So um, Cube is you build your own set or block out of cards. So there's and you only put one of each, and you have a cube, and then you just like shuffle that cube of like 400 to 500 cards together and then you deal out 15 cards and that makes a standard magic pack Mm -hmm. and then you either give everyone three of those packs and then you do a draft or you give everyone five of those packs and you do a sealed and you can make the power level whatever you want you can make it like you can make it like modern you can make it a tribal cube but you don't have to fucking spend any money other than getting the cube itself. Nope. And then you get to play the best version of Magic, which is limited. 
limited is probably it's it's just the it rules out all the problems with the economy that is built around magic and i think that's the biggest thing and then like meta outside the game the economy is terrible the economy of magic is terrible and it's what makes the game so so bad yeah and i will say some of my favorite experiences i got really into um daniel and i were doing this for a while uh we would play uh legacy cube online um, I forget what we there was some kind of program we used where people were playing it like you wouldn't have to pay anything for it you just like it had the entire database of cards oh yeah and then you could like build decks and play test or you could um you could build cubes and run limited drafting like like sealed and stuff um but we used to we would play a lot of like legacy draft and we play a lot of legacy cube and it was a lot of fun because it's just like the most balls to the wall shit that's ever existed in magic but you're playing at cube and you don't have to worry about playing anything for it and i also like uh right before i quit playing their the local game store that uh we used to draft at oh yeah uh, there were some of the guys there that had built their own they proxied a legacy cube um oh, so, so, it was, so you could play the physical cards but it was yep. all like just pictures painted on the on or, like well, common magic cards basically they would just like print off the card face on you know and they would just put it into a sleeve with a card and then there would just be stacks and stacks of sleeved cards um and then you just make packs out of them and you could play it was actually really fun i played one of those it's just fun um i think they did legacy draft which is pretty cool yeah um, that's like man cube is just the yeah. best way to fucking play this it, this it just solves a lot of problems and it's it's yeah. a lot more fun like you don't get those like really grindy matchups and like there's definitely still a part of me that really likes constructed because i feel like there is a there's a kind of like competition in me that really enjoys it if that makes any sense that you yeah. get out of that, that you don't get out of like limited or draft um but you have negatives obviously that we've been talking about this entire time um cube is just fucking like great because yeah. like if you want if you want to just play with two people like me and you we play sealed mm-hmm. but if you want to play with more people Boom. you you can draft yeah we've been trying to get some of our buddies on the tabletop simulator but i don't know why everyone's been so hesitant oh, it's, it's very fun i mean most of them got out of magic and then some of them don't like don't like tabletop simulator for whatever reason i mean it's kind of janky it's all awkward it is, i get it, it. Is very janky but it's like once you get used to it it's not that bad honestly I, yeah, which is true so. of most things i guess but you know um okay let's make a drink let's based do it. on this okay all right this, I guess this drink is also sort of like an overall drink for Magic the Gathering, isn't it? Kind of, sort of, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely open to doing more stuff on Magic if you want to, but I don't know what we would do. I um, mean, I think, I think we, like, this was supposed to be about Lorwyn Block, but I think we spent 90% most of it, this conversation just talking just about talking Magic about everything. Sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's super fair. That's super, super fair. Um, so the ideas that I threw around when I was thinking about if we were just doing Lorwyn Block... Uh, make a drink called the bitter blossom which that would, would actually be really fucking good um, i would just assu- i would assume you do some kind of like necroni or boulevardier you want something bitter so like you know you want your, like your campari you or some kind of amaro you want something black like like an amaro like oh yeah. have you ever had a, a sfumato no i think i have it's it's one of the amaros we can get here in ohio ohio is a mm-hmm. control state so we can't get a lot of cool amaros huh but one of them went i I found when I first moved here to Ohio that I haven't seen it anywhere else. And I think that's the reason why it's popular here because you can't get a lot of variety. Yeah. It's uh, called Sfumato. 
It's like S F U M, yada yada yada. It's Italian. Um, but anyway, it is uh, earthy as fuck. So much so that if you uh, don't like kind of shake it and mix it every time you're about to pour it, and you just like let it settle and then you pour it all off, there's going to be like a thin layer of sludge in the bottom, which is just like. Weird. Like actually, yeah. Like if you wanted to, like if you get a new bottle of Smato and you immediately pour it through a coffee filter, there's gonna be a bunch of shit in there, which is just like herbs and spices bits just that don't they mix entirely. that they just fucking yeah they they just didn't fucking filter out originally. Hmm. Uh, but it's um, black as the blood of Earth, and like it's earthy as fuck. And I think I was kind of thinking like. For also making a general Magic the Gathering kind of cocktail, maybe mm-hmm. we use uh, one component that represents each of the five colors. Oh, that's a cool idea, actually. Yeah, yeah I'm down to do that too. Um, yeah, that was my first idea. But yeah, no, let's do. Actually, I like that. That's a that's a good fucking concept for a cocktail. Um, so we've got blue, black, green, red, white. Yeah. I, I can't see anything. I can't see black being anything but like an Amaro. And yeah. Like, like a dark Amaro. The only thing I can think of other than that is like maybe do um, some kind of absinthe because licorice flavor. Uh, like I think like that would absolutely like absinthe, green chartreuse, or lime mm. would have to be our, our green. That's fair. I'm not thinking color. I'm thinking more like concept. Oh, like, like, like how, it, yeah. how it feels. Yeah. 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 But I think for. For black, I could totally see like a very dark, something dark that gives you a bitter flavor. It seems fair to me. And I think with green, you would go for something kind of herbal. Yeah. In general. Maybe it's been something herbal. Herbal. Um, Chartreuse. I mean, blue is just water. That's 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 a cop out. That is a cop but out, but I'm okay with. <laughs> I'm okay. Kind of works, although it kind of like, bums me out because I think blue's my blue's probably my favorite color in Magic. We talked about I think this. Red is definitely my favorite color. Yeah, because you're you're basically more of an acro player, and I'm definitely more of a control. It's I love aggro. playing control. And you play spells that just like burn away the other opponent's creatures, and you just you punch you punch. I I played I played a lot of aggro burn before though, so I do I, I can red, enjoy yeah. it. Red is obviously just like the, red blue red, is my my thing. Yeah, red is just the good version of green. Because green is just like creatures, and red yeah. is just like creatures, except we also get the things out of the way so the creatures can actually go to work. Yeah, I will say I think we talked about this while we were playing, and like they never really, they still have yet to figure out how to make green like really good. Yeah, yeah, like magic. Um, I think one of the other like things that make it makes it bad as a game system is that the people like from like the '90s to now, the people that make magic love blue. And they will always make blue the best color, and then they, yeah. and then green is the antithesis of blue, and so green is, like, objectively the worst color to play in Magic. Yeah, although I would maybe disagree with green being the antithesis. I always thought of red blue, or yeah, red and blue being antithesis of each other. I could see that, but like, but like in a meta sense, green is the antithesis of blue because blue yeah. is all about playing spells, and green is all about playing creatures. Oh, I can creatures. see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then they just, they've never really figured out how to make green, like, really, really good. And I think that's just a, I mean, the whole, one I of the I think big, that's a lack of creativity, and it's a lack of the people that they hire in to make magic sets. That's possible, yeah. Is a, is well, a, it is a small pool of people, and they keep hiring the same fucking neckbeard dorks that I think part of the problem. want to play blue. I think part of the problem is conceptually, like, there's two things that 
screen does well and it's like give you lots of mana and make you drop big creatures with that mana that you just got and the problem with that is that um if you make either of those too efficient then green will be hands down the best deck no matter what you do or be the best color no matter what you do. yeah that's true and I mean, it's kind of similar to blue, where like if you make if you make card draw too good, blue is just better than everything else. If you make counters too good, blue is just better than everything else. But because blue's power level has been too high before, they also are usually pretty pretty good about like we know we yeah. know where the line is. Like like they've never they printed like two or three counter spells that are cheaper than two mana, and they do yeah. that for a reason. And but usually then, like, they have I some think kind of blue negative. Blue has like historically been like the most powerful color oh, so for that sure. like for sure for sure like they're more willing like there's a precedent there and green mm-hmm. has historically been the weakest color and so there's mm-hmm. a precedent there and like i could really easily have seen like if like we went back and like redid magic and we re-released it as a whole concept mm-hmm. green could have easily been the most powerful color and like we could have historically been saying like well green has historically been the most powerful color because yeah it has the biggest creatures and like you can get there all the fastest and so, okay. like, it, it was just a choice between those two sides of the game. It's either our creatures good or our spells good. Mm-hmm. And magic has always been, like, spells are good, and that means blue is the best. Yeah, because blue has the best spells, because it has yeah. deck control. And deck control will always be the best thing you can possibly be doing. Yeah. Um, other than burning your opponent's face. This is true. Burning your opponent's face is the best thing you can do, which is why That's red cool. is actually the best color in my favorite color. It's your favorite. It's not the best. Yeah. Um, okay, so if we okay, yeah, say, let, let's let's make this deck. Or the, mean the drink. Or let's yeah, let's make this drink. <laughs> okay, let's do that. Okay, so we know we want something like. Well, I'm cool with the Amara. We want something bitter, dark in color. That's our black. We got that out of the way. Okay, um, what could white possibly be? The only thing I can think of is simple syrup. Yeah, I guess. Um, is there some kind of ingredient? that we can add to our simple syrup. What about like um what about like a ginger syrup? Ginger? Yeah. A ginger yeah. syrup. That usually comes out pretty white. Or yeah. um we could do like some kind of um some like kind of orgeau or um orgeau, like, yeah. Yeah. Or um I don't know, like a coconut based syrup. Coconut. Maybe. You could also do like if we if you could also do like Suze, which is the bitter Amaro that you use in a white Negroni. Or you could do like um Driver Vermouth. Oh, Driver Vermouth's actually yeah. a good one. Gin like could also be gin, yeah. or like okay. or white could also be like gin, like our spirit, like white spirit, like gin. Oh, that's true. That's true. Well, here's here's what I'll say. I think gin. If we're gonna do gin, gin should be our green because juniper is a plant. Oh, that is yeah, that is and true. I'm thinking of literally like the physical colors of the cocktail yeah. of the of the ingredients. And like, I think I should be more on your side of like the taste and like the, think it from the spirit levels, yeah, of it. Yeah. Okay, so here, here's what I think. Here's let's do um, let's do a ginger syrup. That's our white. We've got our or would, Amaro, or would ginger syrup be our red? Because ginger syrup is spicy as fuck. It doesn't need to be. I've had ginger syrups before that aren't like aggressively spicy. I think that's bad ginger syrup then, because if you Probably. make ginger syrup, if you make a ginger syrup which is just uh, juiced ginger root mm-hmm. and equal parts sugar, mm-hmm. so ginger juice and sugar. Like that shit is super fucking spicy. Okay, the ones I've had before, awesome. they're not like that. They are um, you use you basically just infuse your simple syrup with ginger root. So you do see sugar, that? That's water basically a, that's ginger. basically a a ginger tea that you turn into a syrup. 
And I think I that, mean, I think that's that, what most syrups are, though. Because I mean, if I make like a habanero syrup, I don't juice my yeah, habaneros. Yeah. I infuse my simple syrup but with habaneros. If you did have access to an emulsifying juicer and you juiced habaneros, yeah, that would be pretty. That would be, be pretty fucking great. That'd be a lot. <laughs> anyway, I okay. Now I'm gonna hold to this. I don't think my other thing is I don't think um, I don't think ginger feels like red to me. All right. I yeah. I, I could. Yeah. Like, I don't know what we would use for red. I mean, uh, definitely something spicy could work. The only other thing I can think of is, like, cinnamon. Yeah, cinnamon could work. Or, um, oh, like... Yeah. Ooh. What if you do, like, a um, a charred cinnamon stick or something like that? I think... Did we do that for a yeah. cocktail? I could stick? also see, like, an American whiskey, like a bourbon or a rye yeah. being red. I could see something... Or something just, like, high proof. Actually, it would have to be bourbon. Because mm-hmm. for some reason, the industry standard when you're labeling your bourbon is to make it red and the industry standard when you're labeling your rye is to make it green. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I've seen that a lot. Yeah, like Wild Turkey Um, 101 bourbon is red and then Wild Turkey 101 rye is green. mm -hmm. And that's also true for like Old Forester. Uh Uh, It's true for Knob Creek now. I see a lot of whites for bourbons too. Like if their label is white, it's usually bourbon. But it's like like the the letters that they'll spell it in are, are like They'll spell it like, you know, Old Forester bourbon, and that'll be like in red type. Yeah. So, okay, okay. Well, I can see the red being what bourbon. If, what if we did something crazy like um, doing like a Everclear float and light it on fire? How about a... I'm just saying it's kind of fun. How about a overproof rum and light on fire, like like rum fire or mm-hmm. Ray and Nephews? I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. But alcohol fire does burn blue. No, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, I don't know, and I, I'm always kind of hesitant to do the drinks that like that you actually light on fire because I think a they're dangerous and b it's kind of gimmicky. Oh, um, I so like the bar like Mouton, like we have tiki drinks and like that's the garnish for several of our tiki drinks is you light them on fire is light them on fire and like it's, it's a show and people fucking yeah that's fair love it. We do a um, it's called the members only at fidels but we do a uh it's uh tobacco shavings and like orange zest and then we light it on fire and we smoke a glass with it and then we pour the drink into that glass but everyone every time we do it everyone's like what are you what are you doing what is this what are you lighting stuff on fire what you're smoking the glass what they freak out it's great like it's actually kind of annoying because like it's a kind of an it's not like a hard drink to make. Like it, the components are really easy, but it takes a lot of time because you have to like smoke your glass, you have to yeah. light it, smoke it, then build your drink, then pour it. Oh hey, but, smoking the glass like smoke oh. could be black. Okay, mm. what could blue possibly be? The only thing I can think of is water or blue curacao. Yeah, I don't think we should do either of those. Um, ooh, what if you did like um, what's uh, it's an aquavita. It's like um, I think it's aquavita. Aquavit. Yeah, maybe that's something. Aqu- it's like it's, it's, like it's a type like, of it, absinthe, isn't it? It's uh, aqua. Aquavit is gin. If all of the uh, standard botanicals were different, I think that's what I'm thinking of. I'm pretty sure, but I mean that could work because it's got like aqua in the name, um, and then that's water. Then we don't have to make it literally the ice, which I think is kind of it's a little cop out. It's a, it's it's a, a cop bit out. of a cop out. Is you're gonna put you're gonna put that in your drink almost no matter what. Come on. Let's okay, but then we're thinking of like a drink with like bourbon, green chartreuse, aquavit, like 
Okay. Okay. Here's oh, here's so, here's the um, first thing. I'm, here's the first full drink I'm gonna pitch, and it's probably bad. Sure. All right. Split base, bourbon and aquavit, lime juice, simple syrup, sour style build, and then you smoke it. As as I was saying that, I immediately wanted to say no, because whiskey and lime juice is bad. So we yeah, should not make that. that drink. Don't do that. So here's my argument. Um, I was thinking of the Latin term aqua vitae, aqua vitae. Yeah. Which is literally water of life, and that's what the Romans would call alcohol. Yeah, there's also like eau de vie, which is water of life, mm-hmm. and then whiskey is technically a translation from Irish, which is water of life. Mm-hmm. For some reason, uh, people called booze specifically distilled booze water of life a lot yeah i think that's probably still stemming from early rome and or greece um because they would call it that because they thought that they're that like literally it well because alcohol like loosens your ambitions it like makes you more alive oh it also makes the water that you drink not make you poop yourself to death yeah that's probably also why honestly yeah um now when i found out the reason why people used to drink wine mixed with water was because it literally made it drinkable yeah it's one of my my favorite things i've ever learned about like wine it's like one of the reasons why people stopped getting dysentery for a really long time yes <laughs> and probably the reason why they got it more in the middle ages because people stopped, stopped drinking. doing that yeah Stop drinking beer. Wine. um but beer is also better for you because it also is in general just cleaner um because of booze but uh, yeah. anyway not talking about that so here, here's what my argument would be because of that idea of like aqua vitae, the water part of this is just our booze. Whatever it's just booze the, we decide the base to use. spirit. That's the base spirit is our that's our water, and I think yeah. that's totally fair. I, um, okay, I'm down with that. I'm pretty cool with that. I think maybe this. I feel like the booze that we pick should be geared towards it being the blue aspect. Um, yeah, and not not blue curacao because fuck blue curacao. Um, even we should we, use it we should absolutely pick a clear spirit then, like yeah, and something that doesn't have its like nothing not not like tequila or gin something that's mm-hmm. like some sort something more like pisco, which is basically just unaged mm-hmm. brandy. I'd be into that. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I like some pisco. Pisco. I like it better than doing like a vodka. Okay, vodka. here's the thing we can or do. Whiskey. We can make like a very weird pisco sour, like mm-hmm. pisco blue, simple syrup white. Lime mm. green, because uh, I also think simple syrup for white also works mm. because white is like goody two shoes weenie and that's like sweet, and then yeah, lime is also like bright, vibrant life. Mm. It's, it's a plant. literally a fruit. It's literally a fruit. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Okay, and then we've got what's yeah. red, or, 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 or white could be egg white. Ooh, actually, I like that a lot. Yeah, no, we should. Yeah, white should be egg white. Um. Red, yes. Red is your habanero syrup. Hmm. Okay. I'm into that. Spicy. Yeah. And then Intense, black. Yeah. Maybe black is like a little bit of an amaro. Like not not somato, mm. which is too earthy. Something like Montenegro or Avena or Averna. I'm pretty cool with that. Yeah. And it's like an ounce and a half uh, pisco, half mm. ounce of. Uh, Montenegro. 
So why don't Averna, we do Averna. Okay. I think Averna would work better. Or Lucano. Okay, so black is our Amaro. Yeah. Red is a habanero syrup. Yeah, yeah. And then white is an egg white, which I like a lot because it A is like you I mean eggs are kind of life in general. Like they're you know it's an egg. It creates yeah. life. So and it's white's one, all about that yeah. shit. And then blue is our pisco. And then green is green is our citrus. Yeah, green is lime. That's what we're doing. Okay. But we don't have a sweetener. Oh, we have the habanero syrup. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. habanero syrup. Okay. Yeah, I'm into this. I'm into this. I think this works uh, out pretty It's well. definitely not bitter, so I don't think we can call it the bitter blossom. No, no, that's fine. That was my idea for like when we uh, we were only going to do Lorwyn. Although I think there's an idea, there's a cocktail idea there. Definitely is. But I would want it to be like like purple and then... I want it to be the, that. Like if we were making the Bitter Blossom, it would be like a riff on a Negroni. Yeah. Well, it's what I was also thinking is like color-wise, I would want it to come out like blue and then black or like purple and then black because I feel like that feels yeah. like the the kind of card. It would be like a, it would be like a Negroni, but with like cream de violette in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would look cool. Look, yeah. Maybe float something on top that's black. Like like mm. dry vermouth, cream de violette. Some sort of white spirit. And then mm-hmm. like Sue's or Sailor's, which is like a, a, a white or clear sort of bitter. So mm-hmm. the cream de violette would be the color. Ooh, that actually sounds fucking good. I mean, we can have more than one cocktail for this episode, Adam. I'm fine with that. Um <sighs> You know what? I would not be sad if we made two cocktails. We made like one for the Lorwyn set, one for Magic in general, because we did kind of skip on uh, um, making a cocktail when we made the retrospective episode. Yeah, that's true. So we're, so we, we're just catching up. Yeah, we're, 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 catching in, up. Yeah, we're in debt a little bit. Yeah, so now we have 10. We've got, well, no, it's the 11th episode, I think. So it's, that's 11 cocktails, 11 episodes. Yeah, I'm cool yeah. with that. We catch up. We catch up. Okay, well, okay, let's hold on. Let's, let's name this. Uh, this like weird pisco sour that we um what do they there's a name for um running every color isn't there oh is there a five color good stuff no it has another name i um, think i actually really like that name though. five color good stuff five I mean, color good stuff i'm actually pretty okay with that too i swear there's a name for i don't, I don't know what i'm thinking of five color good stuff <laughs> i actually really like that name though <laughs> It's yeah, it's something like Borg or like Roigebib or something. It's like W U B R G. You know what sounds better than that? Wibberger. Five you know color good stuff. Five color good stuff. Just rolls off the tongue. I'll agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Alright, so it's uh Oh. Um Party of Five is one that I'm seeing. It's like on the actual Magic the Gathering site. It's what they call stuff that has all colors. That's funny. All right, so we have ounce and a half of Pisco, half ounce of Averna. Averna is very valuable. Uh, what are there, what are our other measurements? Okay, well, you have the Pisco. And you so have the... ounce and a half of Pisco, half mm-hmm. ounce of Averna. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got the egg white, like so three fourths. Yeah, three fourths of an ounce of citrus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah. which is lime juice. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna have to go really light. If that's a habanero syrup and you don't have anything else cut in there, I would say like 
half ounce at most, depending on how yeah, spicy you make ounce. it. Because Averna itself is also like kind of kind of sweet, kind of sweet. Yeah, I mean, if if it didn't work out like that, well, Pisco I feel like is fairly sweet by itself too. Um, so worst case, you just pull back your lime juice to like a half ounce, but I don't. Yeah. You might not need to. Um, it really depends. I think the egg white will help balance out the, the acidity a little bit too. So because it adds like that creaminess to it that like doesn't really it doesn't really take out the sourness but it pulls back on like the harshness of your acidity yeah and it's more acidic than what most drinks are um yeah i'm pretty happy with that how would we serve this double double shake because egg white get that foam yeah you gotta double shake it i would man i don't i don't know I mean, my initial instinct usually is to serve it in a coupe. I think I like you. I think we would serve it in a, in a tumbler, like on ice, like like a like a New York sour almost. Like yeah, like, you know, I could see that. I could see that. I think I'm pretty happy with that. Because that was my second thought. My first thought is always a coupe because I love coupes because they're the best kind of fancy yeah. glassware. What would the garnish for this be? We'd have to um, something that would mask the smell of the egg white. So like some sort of citrus. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. I, I got it. It's a, a zest, of, like zest, like a lemon or orange peel over the top. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably lemon. And then uh, you specifically have to put five drops of like Angostura in the Magic the Gathering like back card back like oh, pattern yeah. and like yeah. not touch them I actually like that idea a lot yeah that's good that's good stuff yes this and five sounds good to me i'll just add angostura to like anything though because i love angostura also make the bitter blossom the bitter blossom for sure for sure for sure so we have um what were you saying the violet core basically yeah so basically like i was thinking like a negroni build but you also add in like a violet liqueur to make it like you know bitter blossom like it's very herbal and it's also like purpley which is kind of what the color of that card is even though it's a black card like it's the artwork is very purpley yeah, I would say you do something kind of like I do with the, the Orange Flower Boulevardier. So I just, um, I lowered my measurements. I kept my main spirit the same. Um, so like you do like an ounce and a half of like gin or something. And then I would I say would like do... an American gin, like a very citrus yeah. forward. Like not a, yeah. not a London dry style. I could see that. But then what I did is I just changed my ratios of everything else. So like I do, I do, I'd usually do like a half ounce of whatever my, my Amaro is, like my Campari or my Aperol. Um, and then half ounce of sweet vermouth. And I think in this case we would do dry vermouth. Um, yeah. and then half ounce of your, your violet liqueur. And I think that would work. Uh, you could bump everything up if you wanted to. Um, cause I played around with that a lot too. I just hate doing too many three fourths ounces if I can help it. Uh, I would rather pull down my liquor, my main component, and then balance those out to be easier um, 
Because Crudeolite is powerful. Okay, that's fair. I also don't like doing quarter ounces. It drives me crazy. Because for the same reason, I would rather do... I'd rather increase all the other ingredients and then do a half ounce than I would do a quarter ounce and then have everything else lower. Well, we could also write that as like five dashes of cream violet. Yeah, I feel like if you don't have enough of it, though, it's not going to color it properly. All right, well, let's go with like, yeah, let's go with half an ounce because like all these other flavors in here, like American Gin, Sue's, Donut Block, those are strong tastes. Yeah. That's pretty fair. Cream de Violette is definitely going to take the center stage. Yeah, yeah I that's, say, that's fine. If anything, you could probably you could probably bump up your driver move, but it depends what you want to do. Because I I feel like driver moves tend to get overpowered pretty easily, but that's just me. So what would we serve this? Um, it's clearly going to be a stirred drink. Yeah, I feel like you want it in a fancy kind of glass. Yeah, like a Nick so I would say like a, or a coupe. Yeah, a coupe or a Nick and Nora, even like a martini glass, even though I hate martini glasses. Um, ooh, what about like um, what about like a champagne flute? Yeah, I actually like that a lot. Um, this with prosecco. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And that yeah. would help with your. Uh, yeah, I think that would solve your problem too. That you think the violet liqueur would be too much at half ounce, so you just keep that at half ounce. You could probably bounce up your other, you keep your gin at like an ounce and a half and bounce the other two up a little bit, like maybe three fourths. If you're topping it, it's going to be, it's going to make it more, you're not going to be able to taste those as much, especially that dry vermouth. I don't think you're going to be able to taste. Yeah. With a Prosecco. But even, let's just say you do like a, like a splash of Prosecco, like, like just a little bit to give it some fizz. I'm just going to say splash with Prosecco. Because like if we're putting this as champagne flute and it's, yeah, that's, that's a lot of liquid. Yeah, so you would just be, top it, really. It would be two, uh, two and a half ounces of liquid in that champagne flute. And champagne yeah. flutes hold how many ounces? Standard, uh, I think, four? It's four ounces. It's it's less than a regular wine glass. I know yeah. that. Um, or it's less than a regular wine pour, which is like yeah. six ounces. So and like, also, this, this, uh, it's like oh, we're also not using like Campari and like... Well, I guess everything here has proof in it, so... Mm-hmm. Two and a half. Uh, yeah, yeah. That would, that would, that would still be, be a pretty boozy drink. Yeah, that's still be a boozy drink. Like splash with prosecco. Yeah. yeah, and then I think um, I feel like you want to garnish with something um, like some kind of flower. Um, yeah, like an orchid or um, I feel like there's not one. Of, there's say what? Or just an edible garnish flower. Some kind of edible flower. Yeah, I would want to get something that's like purple, but lavender. Yeah, ooh, lavender would be really cool. Yeah, I'd say lavender. That would make a nice like floral like nose on it too. It would help with your garnish in general. Yeah, that sounds good. I like that actually. So yeah, I would definitely so, definitely drink that. All right, that. so let's let's go back over these. Yeah, the five color good stuff is an ounce and a half of prosecco, half ounce of averna, uh, three fourths of an ounce of lime, half an ounce of habanero syrup. Egg white, double shake, serve in a tumbler on a rock, garnish with lemon zest and five drops of Angostura. Five, good. five big drops. Big old drops. I would totally drink that drink. 
Sounds good. I, yeah, it sounds interesting. All right. I will say I have one other idea for a cocktail name that's magic what? related. Super Friends? Super Friends? No, because that's based on, like, if you play a deck that's based entirely on Planeswalkers. Boy, I fucking yeah. hate those. Uh, no, dude, there's a modern one that's really fun, actually. Because yeah. you get to... There's, I forget what it is. There's a... There's some kind of modern green spell that like lets you put any permanent from your hand onto the field um, under a certain mana value. So you can just play Planeswalkers for free out of your hand, and it's really fucking funny. That's, that's, that's but silly. no, the best part is that you play like you play of all kinds of colors. So like you're playing mostly like a blue green deck, but then you just like throw down a white Planeswalker because you don't need the mana for it. You just get to play it. <laughs> it's dumb. I forget. That's Daniel was messing with it for a while. It's not good. It's not it's good. <laughs> no, it's bad because it takes forever to get online, um, and you just die really fast. And then you have like cards in your deck that you can't usually play, so it's dumb. Oh, I remember what it was. You um, it's one of the. Do uh, you remember the uh, the blue green planeswalker they released? That's like a merfolk. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that guy um, actually. You played her. And one of her abilities is something about like doubling counters. Oh, so you can double yeah. all the counters, and I think you play. Um, there's one of the Jaces that does something weird too. Yeah. Anyway, there, there's you like can a combo just say there's the there, there's a Jace that does something weird. All the Jaces. Yeah, do something. I know, but it's it's not one of the ones people usually play. It's not like you're not playing like the busted one. It's like one that does something really weird. Actually, that might be the one that does that that gets you there. I don't remember what it is. It was really fucking funny, though. It's very funny. Anyway. Okay, so yeah. So that was... So that's five-color good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I kind of... I definitely kind of want to make that. All right, and then... Okay, so I have that down as... So I label all of our cocktails with, like, the name and then what it's based on. So five-color good stuff is just labeled as um, MTG, just Magic the Gathering. Just Magic the Gathering in general. Yeah, Yeah, and then the Bitter Blossom is labeled as just Lorwyn. The Bitter Blossom is... Uh, one ounce of American Citrus Ford Gin, mm-hmm. half an ounce of Dolan Blanc, half an ounce, half, half an ounce of Suze, half an ounce of Cream de Violette, splash of Prosecco, stir, serve uh, champagne flute, garnish with laughter. Mm-hmm. That also sounds pretty good. Yeah, I actually would really enjoy both of those. I think we're getting yeah. better at this, like, uh, let's make a weird drink based on the concept and actually make it good. Yeah, and actually make, um, like, a good drink. I, I definitely yeah, think our first there. few were, like, let's just make a bad, like, I'm, at least <laughs> in my mind, it was just, like, I don't care if this drink is good. I just want to make it weird and bad and like the thing that we watched or the That's thing fine. that we I'm did. Sure, you know, we can always get back to that, Adam. We can just still make weird, yeah, bad yeah. drinks. I know. I <laughs> think ever since our retrospective so where we went back and, like, adjusted all of our drinks to be like also good drinks I, i'm yeah. on the I, i'm on the train of let's also make these drinks good <laughs> okay but adam that means we can't do those retrospectives anymore this well no no we'll, we'll do the retrospective when we uh have the ability to drink some of these instead of yeah I, instead I, of I it think... being the only thing we've ever drank is you drank the pill jacket once the pill jacket was really good. I'm saying you got to try it. it I was would actually really like to try the pill you jacket. Really got to try it because it was like I don't, I really don't like Lafroig, and it had it was very Lafroig forward, but it was still really good. Like legitimately, Definitely. I'm never gonna buy myself a bottle of Lafroig. I could buy a bottle of like Ardbeg, but like if I'm ever if here's... I'm at a bar and I have access to it, I would, I would definitely make that. Well, here's what I'll tell you: is that I could make, I made all of it out of stuff I had at Fidel's. 
like after we had like been closed down because of the quarantine yeah so like uh next time we're open and you're in town i'll fucking make you one um i'm gonna i'm gonna make an appearance in evansville before i move cities again because i'm gonna i'm gonna go check out my new nephew and be like that's, that's a nephew that's a baby and, yeah that sure is baby so i will definitely come to fidel's <laughs> one night when you're working and i'll be like first For thing sure. you're making me is a pill jacket it's cool because actually I want all my other bar- I want all the other bartenders to try it because none of them got to because I got to yeah because you, yeah, you were by yourself by cleaning yeah yeah I was just there up there well I was downstairs like doing some cleaning and I just like went upstairs and just like threw some stuff together and then I had some of the kitchen guys try it and they liked it actually um, oh that's I thought it was that's that's fascinating oh I, I, I really liked it a lot okay hold on wait I think I specifically bought uh, ingredients to make the alien number one. Oh, yeah. I want to try Blackstrap rum, aged rum, sweet vermouth, one dash Angostura, two dash Lawrence bitters, whole goddamn, whole damn egg. You gotta have the whole egg in there. Whole you egg. gotta. Double shake, serve in a wet tumbler over <laughs> a, an ice sphere. Okay, so my partner has ice sphere molds, so I do have an ice sphere. So, okay, what do I need? I have I have Blackstrap rum at my house, I have an aged rum, I have sweet vermouth. I think it's half Did it have like an absinthe sprit? I have. No. It did, oh. it did not. I have, I have orange bitters. Oh, wait, no, yeah, the garnish is an absinthe spritz. Yeah, you're right. I have Lots absinthe of... and a spritzer. Well, okay. Uh, on our way back from uh, this recording place, I'm going to uh, grab one of her ice molds and uh, put it in my freezer so I can make the oh, alien yeah. number one. Do it. And, and I, I'm really curious. I think I think those are the two that we were talking about. We're like, yeah, both of these actually sound like good. Alien number one is like interesting. I don't know. I yeah. feel like that whole egg. I feel like the whole egg is going to make it weird. Oh, but I know. Also, the Latino heat. Yeah, that was definitely a cop out. Uh, that is a that is a drink I sold to people. But it is. But it is very good. I believe. I believe you that it is very good. Yeah, I believe you. I really. We really need to get the uh, episode with Ben out because i need yeah. so badly to know why i insisted that the tequila in the tlc number two would be washed with butter i don't i know i remember it was uh, my idea i have no idea why i thought that should happen <laughs> was it because everyone was really like greasy looking maybe i don't know Is that and i need to listen to that episode okay. again i honestly i should probably make that the next one i edit because I really need to find out if Ben's stuff is going to work well the way we did it. Um, Because I would be really bummed out if that one didn't work out because I actually like that episode a lot. Um, So I need to, I'm going to go through and listen to that one next. I'll, I'll finish three, which is the last one I was working on. And then I will go straight to that one just so that, because I, if we're going to have Ben on again, which I would like to have Ben on again, um, that we, we do that. We should try to get Nick on for something as well. Although I don't know what the best Nick is, Nick is a very weird and likes a lot of strange media, so I think that would be pretty easy to do. Yeah, he could probably just pick something for yeah. us to do. Uh, okay, I'm so yeah, with that. so that was Lorwyn and Magic: The Gathering in a general sense. Uh, that was good. We made two drinks. I liked those both. Uh, so we please join for like us. Two hours. Yeah, yeah. Like I, yeah. Uh, so I, I feel really bad for anyone who listens to this that doesn't know that much about magic because they're going like, to be lost got, for yeah, most like of deep it. Like, well, this is kind of like fine. the genesis of our friendship, and we got like inside baseball on this, and I'm okay. Oh, with so that. inside baseball. Yeah. You know, it's fine. You're, you learn some things, and if you're interested about Magic: The Gathering, play limited and don't play. Any yeah, games. yeah. If go you're interested about Magic: The Gathering, go play limited or popper or cube, which is what you should actually be playing. 
Or you know what? If you're a rich lawyer, then go play modern. Get really into standard. <laughs> get just get so into it. He's like, you know, you've got some, you got some free money. You got some money. You could just you have some. Out. You have money, and you, you have the you have the you have the uh, like caprice to do it. <laughs> yeah, like just start, just start a fucking like tournament at your fucking law office. Yeah, get all of your lawyer buddies into it, and just drive up those prices even higher. It'd be fine. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that was that was Lorwyn and Magic the Gathering. So join us next time, uh, where our topic is uh, Logan. You picked this out. It's oh, yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. big league, uh, which is a song by uh, Tom Cotran uh, and the Red Riders, and it was on their 1998 album Victory Day. I know we've done uh, a couple albums, but you just wanted yeah. to focus in on specifically this song, Big League. It's just uh, it really speaks the, to me. I... By Tom. Cotran and the Red Riders off of the 1998 album Victory Day. It was one of them because, you know, it was one of the band's most successful pop songs. And the song uh, was a chart hit in both Canada and the United States, <laughs> which in the late 1980s was, was saying something. Uh, it peaked at number four in Canada and at number nine in America. So it was never like a number one, but it was it was in the top ten in both countries. I gotta say though, Adam, the main reason I picked it is because I just really like Big League Chew. Um, yeah. Oh well, I was gonna say maybe saying. you released it, maybe you picked it because in 2018, <laughs> Cotran uh, re-released uh, a new solo record of, of songs that featured this, and it was uh, specifically for charity. Oh, good for to benefit for the that. victims of uh, the Humboldt Bronco bus crash. Which okay. actually, which is interesting because one of the topics that I wanted to talk about was the Humboldt Broncos bus crash. I'm sure it was. And so I'm this sure is that's the, yeah that's that's probably going to be our next next topic. <laughs> Jesus, I'm going to say though, Adam, you're going to keep doing this gimmick, and eventually you're going to get something that one of us knows a lot about randomly talk about it, and we're going to talk about it, and it's going to be really funny. <laughs> so thanks for joining us. See you next time on the cocktail conceit. <laughs> Be safe. Hey, I'm Adam. And I'm Logan. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Adam1Z4J2. And you can find me at Redenfield, R-E-D-D-E-N-F-I-E-L-D. And if you just want to get in touch with us like directly just for the podcast, you can go ahead and email us at OverlyHornyBostonBusDriver at gmail.com. Logan, how do, you, how do you spell that? Okay, I'm not spelling that, but it is... Overly horny Boston bus driver, all one word, no spaces, no caps at gmail.com. Pretty easy to figure out. Looking looking forward to your emails, everybody. Sure are. <laughs>